Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We have got another very special podcast today. It is Mr. Dominic Nietzsche, number 130. We are off and running. He's in Edinburgh. Dominic, how are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure yeah. to be here. It's a pleasure, man. You are one of the, you know, one of the guys I think are the most fascinating in poker. You're just your results from such an early age. You're the first of three bracelets. I believe the youngest ever at 23 years old. You know, you play, you play, you do content, you have the DTO. We got a lot to cover. So I'm going to just kind of dive right in and ask you, uh, how are you? Where are you? What's going on? How has your last year of COVID been? And then we'll kind of dive down memory lane, look at some of your results and, and talk about DTO. But tell me, tell me, how's it going? Yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, just playing a lot of online poker, uh, working on DTO, not leaving the house much. It, and are you, it, you it is what it is. And like, and in terms of like how the year spins, actually, it's part of it has been great. You know, as bad as that feels to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been successful online, and DTO has been good. So I've been keeping busy. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a bit about Edinburgh and, and what it's like there, because you know I don't uh, I don't you know I'm, I've I've actually been there once, but I have no idea. I don't have friends that I keep in touch with regularly there, and I don't know what's going on. Or is it full lockdown, semi lockdown? What what's daily life been like over the past year there? Uh, for me, I mean, I, for me, it's as I said, it's so easy to just stay at home. Right? I can get groceries delivered. I can like, I don't even need to do anything really that I need to leave the house for. So. So, uh, yeah, so your, 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 daily, your daily life hasn't been affected really. I mean, similar to me as well. It's like, you know, I do a lot of com- stuff online. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. not bothered. But like in terms of the actual where you are, though, like, is it are people going out? Is there is there stuff going on or is the country sort of uh, is it on full it, lockdown? It, it, it's on and off kind of thing. Like some like when it's off, people still go out and do stuff. And yeah, I just just for me, it just feels like so easy to not do this. Right, that it just feels like I, I, I don't need to go outside. Right, it's like I don't need to go to a restaurant. I would like to go to a restaurant. I need to. Yeah, well, let me let me let me ask a different question. Has it been more productive for you? Because you're a guy. We're going to take a look at your your live results. You've got a lot of you know you you. I don't want to say you travel the circuit, but you do hit a lot of the stops. You've had a lot of success yeah. all around the world. So has it found you? Has it been more productive for you? Are you looking back? Are you like, wow, like I actually with DTO, with other projects, with other learnings? Are you would you say that you've really kind of because of this uh, lockdown that you have actually maybe got more done, more productive? And, and from that perspective, has that been beneficial from like a work and, and a career standpoint? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I have more time to uh not play like usually i play live poker right so i got go play the big tournaments and when you do that then obviously there's no time to study there's no time to uh, work on other businesses yeah basically playing live poker in itself is a full-time job so now that i don't have that anymore um surely there's something you can fill the the void with and for me that was on online poker obviously quite easy um if you're a good player you can transition to online again fast enough it pretty much took me no time uh, it obviously helps that I have a business which is entirely focused around uh, teaching people poker strategy. So, like while I was creating that, it turns out that I was actually doing a lot of learning myself. So, yeah, most of my time is just building DTO, and then I like, go occasionally I play. Po- I, I mean, I play a lot of poker, but always on the weekends and only the biggest buy-ins kind of thing. So, 
And how many tables do you generally play when you play like on, uh, say, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday? Give me a bit of range of like what you're – are you a, t- a 20 table guy, a six? No. You just like to focus on uh, a few higher <laughs> buy-ins and, and what's the I'm, – I'm the, I'm the six to eight kind of guy who can't help himself when he sees good stuff. So, yeah. Can- that's 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 exactly all right. So we're the same, and and I actually I wonder on that because the the actual calibration formula of of that, like I wonder what you're, you know, do you have a do you have an equation for that? Do you know, like you think like all right, I'm a hundred percent at four six tables, and once I go to eight and ten, you sacrifice a bit. Uh, what do yeah. you think the the optimal like? If you could just like forget like value wise, if you just want to play, is it four? Is that like the best where you think you could play essentially perfect on those four tables? And you're what? Four, four I get bored. <laughs> Get four, you get bored. Okay, so there's a little and bit of a, like there's like a little bit. You need the like the mental stimulation of more tables. So yeah, I can play just fine one or two tabling. Obviously, I don't get super bored, but like if I have like one or two tables, like I will be watching something on the side for sure. For and then sure. like, I think I think like six six or eight is when I I, I just feel comfortable. Awesome. I enjoy it the most as well. It's, yeah. Yeah, and I and I, I gotta I gotta say, you know, you're the first of three bracelets uh, at a young age. You came in, and it's pretty amazing. I want to say on the show, on the podcast, I believe something like ninety five or so percent of the poker players on the podcast have final table their first event, which is I don't know something bizarre, right? Like it's not normal if you look at your people's careers. Like there's not, it's not that often you just you final table or win. But look at this, you came in with a bang. Talk to me about two thousand nine LAPT. What are you doing here? Did you win a package? Why were you in Latin America? You're not from Latin America, and you just come down and win this event. Like what what's going on here? Were you already playing online a lot, or did you just you know tell me what happened here? bum hunting obviously yeah <laughs> yeah like back then you know poker wasn't that hard to begin with right and i had already played a little bit of live poker at home i turned 18 in october in 2008 so yeah i had i played all the millions and i played ept dortmund and i played the irish open and what happened with the argentinian tournament was i had school holidays during that time and I was like, well, actually, I had school holidays that would just end on that weekend, but I figured I'd go anyway. It's only two days. We'll go. So, so let me just uh, close the curtains a little bit. There's like a light that's not on my face. And, and guys, just so you know, there is a possibility for some fire alarm action today. So I may have to mute my mic. I will apologize in advance. I think it's probably about Still 50 good. Hang on. That, uh, that that may happen. So just bear with us if you mute my microphone. There will be possibly some fire alarms, but we're going to be getting all the action we can, all the content and uh, running through Dom's career, which we're going to start off with this 5K LAPT Latin America just takes it down. Absolutely ships at his first first ever hand and mob flag. So pretty, pretty special. So, yeah, tell me, cue it up for me. You got vacation. Uh, you know, yeah. how did you how did you make your way down here and get this get this well, done? Well, I busted the Irish Open right before then. So actually, pretty thankful that, that that those didn't overlap because I would have only played the Irish Open, obviously, because it was closer. But I did happen to win six packages online. Oh, wow. uh, back then, we had steps, sit and goes on stars. Ah, uh, yeah. And and, and so so when you won, you win this this you win this and go down. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You're the only. I mean, it looks like the only European uh, player that even cashes, but somehow you just I see take one that. Dutch guy. Okay, so a couple oh, of okay. guys in there, yeah. Yeah, there's okay. You're right. There is. There's a few. You're right. There's a couple. But you you end up taking this down. And what was this like to actually you know be there and have your first sort of your your first live cash and just get a win? Like was it was it just like a walk in the park? Did you have a tough? Was there some luck down the stretch, or did you just have a big lead? And and what, how did you finish this it, one off? It was pretty much a walk in the park once we got to the final table. 
it was one of the there was like one instance I remember making a really big four bed shove with King Ten suited and getting snap called by King Queen off, which I in, in hindsight this is like one of those hands that actually, you know, nowadays the solvers would like, which is really funny to me. You know, like back then everyone tell, told me how terrible I was. I raised the button, I guess three bet by the small blind, and I was like, All right, I've King Ten suited, you know all in. And it's like one of those things that if not, if you now you look at the software, you just be like, yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, like shoving King 10 suited, I can see that. Uh, the fact that I got snap called by King Queen offsuit, and there was also some ICM implications involved, that being two tables left, uh, that is complete madness. But it's also funny how poker strategy evolved to a point where I made that shove. I was like, well, you know, King 10 suited, that's all in. Like, how bad can it be, kind of thing. Right. And not like everyone just told me like that was really bad. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. I have King Ten. Oh, I have King Ten suited. Obviously, off two would be remotely terrible. Everyone's like, yeah, you just can only call. How bad are you? I was like, well, I don't know, but it didn't seem that bad to me. And like, yeah, that's sort of how poker was back then. Like we were all. Let, let me, yeah. let me, let me, because the DTO is fascinating to me. I mean, you've got one of the premier products in poker. One of, the, and, and I know you made some big updates on it. Uh, I've played around with it in the past. It's, you know, I really liked it and I am going to want to see it and dive in more. So we will cover that, but tell me what you were doing. Why do you believe you were having such success early on? What, what stuff were you doing in 2009? There wasn't DTO. There wasn't all these training sites. Were you, did you get on run at once? Did you study on your own? What were you doing to sort of separate yourself to, to be one of the elite players from, from this early age? What, what was your, your, your superpower? As I was saying, back then it was entirely different. And it's funny because if you asked me back then, I would have given you an entirely different answer as well. Um, in hindsight, what I can say is just that I played less bad than the other players. That's the truth. Like the vast, I, I would not be the guy calling off the King Queen there. Zero percent chance in hell I would have three bet called King Queen there, second in chips against first in chips with two tables left remaining in a tournament. That's insane. I would never do that. Right, I'd be the guy piling it in on you with King Ten because, you know what I'm saying? But I, I would never be the guy making these disastrous call-offs. So if if you if you think about where you win in poker, it's where your opponent make mistakes, right? Nowadays, people make much smaller mistakes than they did back then. Like back then, like this, like I can I tell you this hand right now, and it's a horrific uh, blunder that shouldn't happen. And then like later on in the tournament, um, on the final table, there's a hand where I raise. Uh, a guy goes all in. I, I race from early position. A guy goes all in. And then the next guy just uh, shoves all in with his tens for like infinite big blind. It's like, it's it's things like these, these blunders for, you know, like in, in chess, you'd call them blunder. And in, in, in poker and DTO is now a term as well, where that just means a big mistake, like a really, really disastrously big mistake. That should never happen. So basically, back then when I played, a lot of the opponents would just blunder left and right. And I would just not blunder. Right, I would just sit there and play semi okay, probably bad, obviously bad. Um, yeah, so poker strategy back then and now is really just about not making any mistakes. So I remember clearly in the in the winners interview I did what I said was ah, I think I played good. I didn't make any mistakes, so I'm happy. And then they looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like I don't know, I just played. But but look, yeah. when you say I didn't make any mistakes, I guess that's my question. How do you know you weren't making mistakes, or you just like stuff that was like you know like massive mistake like you said calling off that kind of one-on-one stuff that you don't want to do or icm like the principle people weren't really aware right of like even these these concepts icm maybe or or not like i would imagine in this field right 
looking at yeah. some of the names I don't recognize. This isn't like oh, yeah. a lot a lot of the, a lot of fields nowadays. You can go back and you recognize a lot of guys. Like you're like, oh okay, it's like even right. now, Salas was there, and uh, you know, yeah. uh, there's a few guys I saw like you know, not, uh, Nacho Barbero, but like there's not a ton of names in here that I would recognize. Yeah. There's probably guys that were just really playing. Oh yeah, clicking buttons, but still, like even yeah. That, I guess that's my my question. Like, what you versus some of the guys that were that were still like great players today, and maybe they were also making less mistakes. It was just you know, I guess there's just so much dead money. But I, I'm I'm just fascinated by the players that have such success so early. You know how they were, what they were doing to to say. And were you it's, talking? With, did you have a group of friends that were also very very uh, game theory and, and 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 optimal players? Like, what was what was your the reason you think that you were able to separate yourself? Hey, back then, game theory did not exist. This is such a, <laughs> it right. did not exist. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. But I'm saying game yeah. theory as in like game theory as in just common sense. Like, all right, you know, you play a board game or a, a squash or any game, you kind of learn, okay, I do this, this works, this is going to automatic. And I got, you know, just from a perspective of other players that are playing very well, in your opinion, I'm sure you were, you did have friends you were traveling with or knew how to play yeah, super it's, well, it's, right? It, it, that's super interesting because that, back then, the way I did my work was... What did I? What did I used to study back then? Like, I, yeah, Dom, tell us. I, I want to know what happened. Yeah, what, I just, what, what I, doing? Take very basic tools to figure out strategies. Like, very, very basic. Um, like the the way I learned to play originally was from reading Harrington on Hold'em. Uh, yeah, and that was like enough to make me beat like most tournament games as easy as it was. If if you teach a beginner the rules and they play against a person who doesn't know the rules, I know who I'm betting on. Yeah. Right? So it's it's like this. It's just yeah, you know, if you get better tools, you learn better. And like back then, we didn't have very good tools, so like the learning wasn't very very hard kind of thing. You just you pick up a book. Back then, you learn from the book. You're fine, you know. Um, then we started playing around with a uh, first sit the first sit and go tool. Like I, like at the time, like most of my understanding from poker came from playing a hundred dollar sit and goes on full tilt. And, and, and was your, so how you said you won a bunch of packages at this time. So how, where was your game? I mean, you already were playing big, big stakes online. You're winning a lot. Like, were you, where would you, like, how was that 381,000? Was that a big boost for your role or were you already Uh, set, like doing well? (laughs) Set. Um, No, like back then I was doing well because I was winning online. I, I broke a hundred K bankroll before I turned 18. So yeah, I was doing well. Like then I was then I was finally eighteen, ready to take a shot at live poker. And obviously, I'm not going to sell for some live poker. You know, I'm some young arrogant kid who sees people play terrible on TV. Uh, we know what's going to happen now. So I'm obviously didn't sell for that. And uh, yeah, it was a great score. Obviously, I was very happy with that. And and what are your what was your family friends thinking at this point? I mean, pretty cool. You're young. You're you're super young. You're traveling across the world. You're winning hundreds of thousands. Like, what was your family uh, thinking on this? Were they like, be careful, like worried about you, or like you had such immediate success? They already knew you were doing well on online. You go do well live right away. Did this kind of take the pressure off from a from a family perspective? And and that, or were they? You know, what were your family's sort of thoughts on that? My my mom. Uh, I don't think she quite understood what was going on. I don't think she under, I don't think she understood when I you know like when I was uh, 16 having breakfast with my brother and uh, talking about like, my brother played a little bit as well so we were talking about stuff and then my mom came in and said oh how did you do last night and you know, obviously parents they, they don't expect you to be you know playing big and winning big so I just so I, I had just like won 10k the night before or something 
was my biggest goal at the time. I was just like, yeah, right now, right now, on 10K last night, my brother just burst out laughing at the time. I remember my mom was like, hmm, oh, that's nice. I would just wish you learned something for school instead. And then we moved on. And that breakfast interaction was probably the last time I ever mentioned numbers at the table. I was like, yeah, when I was 18, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of work. a weird deal because your parents yeah. are working or they're doing their normal jobs or yeah. whatever, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, you know, I'm winning 10 or 20 or 50k, yeah, on a weekend, and it's like could be their, you know, whatever, a salary or a portion yeah. of their salary for the year. So it, it's a bit, it is a big bit, bit uh, tricky, but at the same time, you want to have support. You want your parents not to worry about you, and you know, it is kind of an unfamiliar yeah. world to to dive down. So so they are it's, they were supportive. There was no like you can't do this, go to school first. Did you go to college? What was uh what what, what where did you go from there when you were 18, 19 uh, or did you just skip it? Finished high school. And then I was like I'm going to play some poker. And it turns out that like 10 years later we're still kind of doing the same thing. Uh no no so no college. you did not you so no attending college just straight into it travel the world and you've been rounding since do you have any any thoughts on going or getting a degree or going to school at all or, or at this point you kind of learn you know it's it, the world's changed you got all the information online you do your own sort of methodology uh is, is, is this I, 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 I can't. i'm completely useless in the real world well i do I, poker so <laughs> if, I, if, if i run a business it has to be a poker related business yeah, and and you do just that. So let's uh, before we do yeah. kind of go through because you got a lot of a lot of. I mean, this is a pr- very vast, impressive. I don't want to spend the whole podcast. I do want to hit a couple of your of your major wins and stuff. But I, I just real quick, uh, you speak about business DTO. Explain what this is and how did this come about? Did was this your idea? Is this your business? Who are your partners? What is DTO? Uh, how does it work? Yeah, obviously not not just me. Uh, to give a shout out to my team and also most importantly to Marcus Prince. Without whom, we obviously couldn't have made any of this uh, reality. Yeah. Um, speaking of Marcus, obviously, that was, uh, that was our idea. We came up with this together. I was coaching him. And then we basically decided at some point, like he said to me, look, you, we can just turn this into an app and like automate the entire training process. Who wouldn't want something that could tell you if you're playing good or if you're playing bad? And anything that's happened since, uh, it's a long, crazy story many turns and surprises but ba- basically the general idea of, D- of dto is quite simply that we can take information that i already have and make it available to everyone and like if, if we get enough people we can like sell this at a reasonable price right? and we can like put this out into like many different models where we can have like something for the recreational something for the advanced recreational and something for the professional and, and- if you're prof- yeah. If you're recreational, you only have so much money to to spend on poker. So we, we really try to like not hold any information back, kind of thing. And in this uh, Marcus Prince, I've seen him around. I know I actually I think I met him before, and I know he's uh, he. So he is a co-founder of this, and and basically that that's essentially you guys were just studying, talking, and he's and one day you're like, oh, why don't we put this into an app? And that's that's how it was born. Is is literally how this went. He uh, he had connections to our developers. Our developers are actually friends of his. So he was like, yeah, I know three people. They currently, they want to do something fun. They want to do a fun project. Let's uh, do this together. And then like three days later, we met and we talked about the idea and how we could turn this into that, a real that's, thing. Man, that's pretty amazing because I've, I've worked on a handful of projects and, and I've seen it either stuff that I'm doing or you know, businesses I'm involved in. And that is a very tricky component, right? Because there's so many great ideas. Like this is a great idea, obviously. And it, it's nice to see it come to fruition, but it's not easy. The development side, you can go down rabbit holes. You don't know like if they really know what they're doing. Can they execute an idea and, and how, how realistic is it? Did you have some 
I mean, it sounds like he got pretty lucky that that he had yeah. good developers and people. But were there still some trials and tribulations? Because you know, this is pretty advanced, and even now you've made a a new updated version. So tell me a yeah. little bit about that business process. Was it frustrating? Uh, to, like get your ideas onto paper, where you're like, oh, this is kind of it, but not really what I want. How, how, give me a little bit of the process on that. Man, this is, this is madness. Like there's there's so much trial. There's so much trial and error. Whether that is whether this is bringing in new employees that uh, don't understand the business, which that's personally one that I found extremely frustrating. When you bring in people who don't understand how poker works, you need to tell them everything. And this is especially frustrating if you t- if you if you're the guy in charge of running a, a poker training app. Your business is poker education. You you who in the world is more qualified to teach people how to win at poker than me? I don't. With all those, I don't think there's many people, right? So, like, when it when it when it comes to running simulations, and much more when it comes to the way you speak to your customers, you need to have someone in charge who understands poker, right? They're, if you have a product like ours, it's absolutely important that it gets in the right hands and the right messages sent. You, if you um, like, let's face it, if you have like a, a super high roller tier, which targets the professionals, or if you like run ICM simulations, which are for professionals, you can't talk to them like they are just beginning their poker career. So like you, you need to put someone in charge uh, that understands the program uh, process, but also it needs, he needs to be someone who wants to work as well. So I, I, I have to do a lot of this stuff myself. And that's something that I learned that some things I need to do myself. And then there's other things I can totally outsource to other people that are fine. And that learning process for me was extremely difficult. Like sometimes we would bring in people to like run our social media and they would do it all wrong. And we would attract the wrong kind of customers. If you attract the wrong kind of customers, they won't stay around. They will uh, complain about stuff. Right. So like a, lo- a lot of it is like, learning like all of these business principles, like finding the right customer was something that I didn't understand. I, I for one thought that like you just bring in everyone and everyone would be happy, but no, like some customers, they're just not right for your business. And if, if like a customer isn't right for your business, you need to do your best to attract the right kind of customer. The right kind of customer is more loyal. And if they're happy with the product, they will spread the word to the other people. So, and then in terms of development side, a lot, a lot of what I had to learn is like things simply take time. You know, if a dev tells you this is ready next week, it's not. Like, shout out to my devs, but they they know and like they, they like, we joke about this. They're like, look, Dom, this is ready. Like, you know, and like this and this, and like also next week usually means two weeks. And like learning this is like something I've become so much better. Like I used to be really, like, I used to be a bit of a dick to people, but like they tell me something's ready, it's like just tell me it's not ready. I don't mind, but just tell me when it's ready. And I've come to learn that like when they tell you it's ready next week, maybe I can have a look next week and then I'll have a look and it's still not ready, but it's cool. So like it's, I've learned a lot and yeah, I've learned a lot on like the hiring part of things, like who you give your tasks to and which tasks I better just do myself. And yeah, like also I've learned like how to, how to work with people and as the software development and the most important lesson is honestly things take time. Like if I, if like someone asks me for a feature in DTO and I say it's ready next week, that doesn't mean next week. And like, I also found that our customers have uh, learned that as well. Um, and yeah, no, super interesting. I think you know part of the process, part of why it's so fun. I think that uh, building building these type of things, it, it's really hard to let go and, and to delegate, right? Because I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, myself with doing some content and different things, like in my mind, I want to I want to stream, I want to do a podcast, and then I want stuff to kind of go out and do whatever. But then you find yourself 
with the title, the wording, going over it, making sure like a bit of a perfectionist in a way, because it's uh, I think that's really hard to kind of let go and say, okay, like get people to see what you want to do and then let it take its course. And and is that something you found that have you gotten better at that? Do you still sort of want to control everything or because I think it's really hard. And that's something that I've I've struggled with still is finding absolutely. Yeah. How have you, what I mean. any tricks on that or anything that you kind of just had to let go? And, and I, and I have no, I have no clear answer for this, but with DTO, especially, I find that it's so important to get the right message out, like attracting the right customer is what we want. We don't want to attract the wrong customer. Like I don't, I don't want to attract a customer that is attracted by buying a beginner course kind of thing. I want a customer who's critically thinking and understands because like a minimum understanding is important. So as much as I do want to delegate certain things, there's certain things that if I delegate them, they will just end up a disaster, right? Imagine if we had our products, we launched a super high roller and we did absolutely nothing to attract professional players. Like this, this business couldn't function on just recreational players. We tried that. It didn't work. We eventually then decided to pivot into catering more to serious players. Right. Uh, so like if you have a sorry if you have a product that appeals to a certain demographic you need to know who can speak to that demographic. And so like that's it's, it's really important. So like if you delegate the wrong things you will just not end up doing yourself a favor. Certain things are so important you just need to do them yourself. Now now who do you, who does DTO speak to in particular? Let's just let's take myself who you know I've been playing poker a long time. Actually, some of these hand him up. I know one of the bracelets we're at the final table together. I think you you beat me with queens to ace king for a did. pot, and you end up winning that bracelet. I think I got sixth, and uh, you know it's hard to win a bracelet. You have four, so I got to how to how to do it. You got to teach me how to how to how to uh, how to finish those off. But I, you know. Who is DTO best served? Would it be someone like myself that is like pretty? I understand poker. You know, I've done some work. I understand concepts, terminology, but I, I know to get to that top one or two percent, you know, there is a lot of, of work. Like, or is it someone that's you know, you wouldn't recommend this for someone who just right now is l- looking for the first time. Like, I like poker. I know the button is good. Uh, yeah. You know, small blind, big blind. That's probably not for them. Who is DTO best served for? Oh yeah, it's easy marketing speech. It's good for everyone, but. Our, we found that our best target demographic is a professional player who understands GTO concepts, who has a really good understanding, who's, who's for the lack of a better way to say this, past the point of watching video courses. Right? You, you see one video course, you've seen them all, you pick up things, they're good for beginners. Uh, we can go down further that way another time. But basically, you have a good understanding of poker. And now you're at a point where you understand that getting po- better at poker is, uh, is not done by watching a couple of videos it's done by spending hours and hours of grinding sims etc so what i mean by this is i always say that we never reach perfection and when we never reach perfection what's also true is that every sim you look at every hand you play you get better every whatever process you do in poker you always get better right? It's like a, it's an incremental process. You, you don't watch a video and you're here. No, you start here, you get here, right? So what many people fail to understand is that this is all about just getting a tiny bit better every day. I get a tiny bit better every day. So should you, if you want to make it to the top, you don't immediately expect to be at the top. No, you put in time and time and time, and it doesn't even need to be much time. As long as you have someone who gives you good information, right? If you, so I, I can give you an example with this, right? If, you, if you're playing button against big blind, you know, 
how do you go about learning this? Well, the ways you, you know, you, you look at some sims, you play some GTO hands, etc. So like, but there's always something you can learn, right? So like, if you're ever at a point where you can't learn anymore from, from your material, you need to seek out better material because you will have never, it's like, I always say with GTO, you never reach perfection, right? So like, I always have something I can improve in whatever I do, whether that is an ICM preflop simulation, you know, I can, I can improve my understanding of which, which ranges need to be open with uh, various stack size distributions. That right now is a huge thing that like everyone misunderstands. Like I, you refer to our final table earlier, I can properly like, if I had my tools that I have available now, I can go through this and pick out like a bunch of blunders everyone made and that will definitely include myself. I, I can, I now have material that I can use and that's like that we sell that I can use and I can honestly pinpoint mistakes I made at a final table last week. That's uh, super and interesting. They, super, super crazy to think like that, that there's that much work and that there's always room to improve, which is exciting, right? And it's like, I guess at some point we're still a ways away, but at some point, yeah. you know, like backgammon, I like to use that example because I know yeah. a couple guys that were like at one point or another, the best backgammon player in the world. And that kind of died, that game, right? There was used to be tournaments, even some like Gus Hansen, some other guys were playing backgammon, traveling the world. At some point, the simulators and the stuff in that particular game, you know, there's the level is so tight and so where the best move is just made and it comes down to the rolling of the dice. Whereas poker, it's so elaborate. Like, do you think we're in jeopardy of, you know, like, uh, I, obviously it, it's different, right? Cause at the high, high roller level, your level playing the hundred K's and the group of guys, there's not a ton, right? There's like say 50, hundred guys, or maybe yeah. they could play and whatever that group, you know, I always ask people on the show that are, they're at your level and play those like what you believe you're a, a crushing favor in the field. Cause like everyone at some point it's, is it ego, right? Like is everyone, or is there really a big difference between you and the, the next guy, right? Like, you know, and the, how big are the edges? Because I think like poker could dry up, but then we're talking about the highest level, like the 3,500 WPT at the Hard Rock recently, 1,600 people, right? Like there's a I lot of, crush that. those are I not going to dry up, right? I mean, those, that, this is going to no. go for the next 40, 50 years for our six, 60 years in our lifetime, these type of things, as long as poker is still going, but in the highest level, 25k plus and even then it's still kind of fun right like the tritons people battle you pick up money in other spots and then you come and who's actually the best or running the best but uh, yeah. you know that's my rant i'm just kind of trying to understand yeah, you yeah. Can, like it could like what's your thought on the on that and and if it dries up or if it'll it'll mm. always still just be uh opportunity can can you define crushing for me in like actual numbers yeah. like, i can't uh, i want to know what you what does crushing even mean it's crushing what, like one percent our eye I'm a I'm a visual guy and I do is and we're already ten percent ROI? Is it twenty percent ROI? You you would know better than me. I don't know what to, to right, consider. But let, let's find your big hundred K score. I mean shit, you got a lot of you got a lot of cash in here. It's kinda hard to find. Let's yeah. find that one because that was number four, I believe. Your bracelet. Where is it? You won uh Rustledoff. What year is that? Nineteen, eighteen? I don't know, seventeen? 17, maybe 17. Sometime you won a lot. $4 million score. This 111. Let's just take this 111K one drop in Europe tournament. You got a wow, 132 entries. That's not all unique, but 100, right? Is it a rebuy or was it? It was a rebuy, right? That was a rebuy, yeah. Yeah. So 132 entries. Let's call it what? 80 and 80 uniques or 70 uniques. I don't know, whatever it is. So in this particular field, Look at some of these names. Unknown player. That's interesting. Why? Because whatever they, uh, who was it? Heads up. It's unknown player. 
Oh, unknown player, that guy uh, who, you know, I think there was television coverage. So whatever. But look at this yeah. number three, yeah, number four, number five, Mr. Sondheimer, who is also on here. Great guy. I mean, look at this, this Parker. I know he's been, you know, great streamer playing, doing less streaming and, and just absolutely ravaging the game. And maybe a big part yeah. of it be DTO. He's been absolutely crushing, you know, I, I, even over over uh, the COVID. I saw some of the major scores and, you know, I know he's been really working hard on his game yeah. and, and always been a great player, but that's cool to see. And then Stefan Sontheimer, maybe one of the best of all time and, and Monik as well. Uh, uh, world, yeah. world class. So cool to see those guys endorse. Let's just let's just take this tournament, though, here. Okay. So what's going on here? Look at these guys. I mean, this is these are arguably even just take it from six on. I mean, what what is like what's separating you versus them, or is there or any given? With all due respect, the reason this game runs is mostly seat seven. Seat seven. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. Hatu is a great, a great guy. Lovely, lovely, lovely man. Uh, not a very good card player. Right. All right. So fair <laughs> enough. But that's what I'm saying. So take like these six names right here, and 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 unknown player. We'll just assume. I forget who it was, but it's good. It's, very very well. That's what I, that's what I said. Right. We, we talk about crushing, and if, if you crushing to me means having a decently big win rate. Decently big would mean like at least more than ten percent ROI, which in the six handed sit and go, I do not have, and no one has that. I would like to think that against those five people, I'm a slight winner. I would like to think that heads up, I'm a slide winner. Uh, three-handed, honestly, with Mikita there, it's going to be close. Then the other guy would have to be losing a lot. I don't know. The other guy is also really good, so he's also not losing. But. Well, I mean, that, I mean, to be fair, though, we're talking about – I'm talking about the whole field. I mean, at this particular oh. six, in this situation, yeah, of course, like, all right, we're there. Yeah. and that's, But in the actual field uh, with this 111K and there's some other entries and whatnot, and it's a charity component. It's in Raza. Like, this is a pretty good value 100K, I would imagine, one of the better ones, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one, like that one, counts as like a must-play hundred K for sure. But it's still going to be hard because you have all these elite players, right? And if all these elite players make it and make it to the end more often than they should, yeah, it's going to be hard to win like at a decent clip, you know? Because when there's when there's only good professionals left who work with the same tools as you, how on earth are you going to get an edge? Like, how is anyone going to get a huge edge over me? Uh, heads up when I have done. Hundreds of hundreds thousand hands heads up or something like unless they're heads up specialists they won't beat me for a decent clip right right so I I find that like a good way to do this is to get a good understanding of everything I'm really good at chip EV I'm really good at ICM I used to be really good at heads up I'm still pretty good so my approach to crushing these fields quote unquote is just that I just try to be pretty good at every area and the nice thing about that approach is no one can beat you for a lot right. But at, this, at the same time, if they if other people work like you, you can't beat them for a lot either kind of thing. So um, what you said about like the th- 3,500s, those will never die. Those are like amazing. Um, yeah. But also like if you talk about beating those guys, the amount of edge you can get on these guys by simply like picking up like pre-flop ICM charts, you know, like running through various final table distributions, doing all this study, like the return you get on the first is always better than the return you get on the next, right? It's. Let me ask you a question. This, this stands out for me because yeah. this is always tricky. Like, all right, you know, let's just take a 3,500 WPT you won in South Africa, which also I was looking yeah. at that one, which is pretty, pretty cool. Like, you know, talk about a hunter. You really do. You find, you go to these different countries and, and yeah. you find some pretty 
you know, pretty sweet spots. And I, I don't remember what year this is. Help me out. Cause, uh, I think you won, uh, it was in 12. I won in 12, 2012. There it is. So you go to WPT. I've been there to South Africa as well. Um, and, and, and pretty crazy. Look, 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 look at the final three. Look, just look I at saw the this. Three. This is just pretty amazing. It's amazing. The only guys not the cash, not from there, just uh, basically take take the podium, which is this is one of the funnier um, yeah. you know distributions you'll see. But uh, so you go there and and you take it down. Now let me ask you a question. You get to a spot like this. You travel very far. You're in South Africa. You got a World Poker Tour title on the line. You essentially have a triple crown, right? I mean, you, you won the LAPT, which isn't technically yeah. APT. You won a WPT yeah. and you got four bracelets. So you go here, you know, it's got, you know, I don't know if you'll say it's important to you or not, but you want to win a world poker tour. You get an opportunity, you come to a fight, you come and travel this way. But like when you know in a spot, DTO says, I should jam King 10 off here, right? Or King 10 suited in this spot. But you're like, you know what? I could also like, do you ever find yourself having a hard time saying, I know this is what I should do, but I don't want to like, I'm a 7% edge or I get this fold equity, but this guy's probably not going to fold or I don't want to go here. So how do you, how do you do that when you have such an execution? Yeah. Like if you know, it's the GTO play, but like, Oh, this guy's probably not going to fold with, with uh, pocket threes and I have King 10 on uh, suited or whatever. And like, I I don't know, like how do you end up deciding to to calibrate versus like taking advantage of a situation, but also not risking your stack? It's a long, complicated answer, obviously. So uh, we need to clearly differentiate early stages, late stages. We, we need to, we, we can't, I can't give you the full answer. Yeah, we need to say, is this early stages? Is re-entry still open? No, we're talking right now. There's two tables left. For the final two table. tables. Two tables are, there are two tables. This, a lot of things with DTO solutions is that they're, they're chip EV solutions, right? They teach you how to execute continuation bet strategies and uh, they teach you how bluff catching works and they just improve your overall understanding of this game. Now with two tables left, there's massive ICM. So, and one of the concepts of ICM that's fundamentally important is that folding is plus EV. So what that means is any hand you survive is good for you, right? So Arguably, in a softer field, that is more than like in a in a in a hundred k kind of thing. So, <laughs> obviously, um, if the question is, do I blast it off uh, DTO approved in this spot? The answer is maybe. I think I, I think I do it ICM approved. Ah, just got messages from someone. All right, that was me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes to that. By the way, I'll get you one. Um, but basically, the question is, uh, do I take certain spots? I mean. I, I tailor my like on final two tables. No, because you need you would need to be ICM aware. In final two tables, it doesn't apply. Does it apply in the early stages? Absolutely. Does it apply when you're uh, just in the money? Yes, perfectly. You know, uh, when it's time to build a stack, the best way to build a stack is by putting yourself in the most profitable situations. To say it another way, you're not going to win chips by passing up a theoretical edge. People do fold. Even the people you say that don't fold, you can make them fold. Kidding right. me? Well, this, this, this isn't 2008 anymore where people don't fold. No, people fold. Right. So, that's true. Yeah. That, that's true. You're right. And the guys, like, it's funny because the guys that are so crazy or play maybe poorly or make mistakes, it's also when you get down and they can taste the title and there's pay jumps and stuff, that's that's also where the people are playing the tightest. And, and you know, they don't want to, yeah. they do realize calling off is risking and, and, and whatnot. Actually, my biggest 
uh, blunder, you could call it, or worst plays of my career was at this exact casino. I flew all the way to South Africa, played at Alpha 8, was one of four. It was essentially a sit and go because it didn't get the turnout. And then I end up uh, yeah. two two pretty big mistakes and I got fourth instead of top three cash. And, and the, the local Ooh, South yeah, Africa man. guy bl- blinded out. I gave him a double up in the big blind by calling where I shouldn't have. And then I shoved on Jungle Man's open in a marginal spot where if I just clicked fold mercy, I would have uh, bubbled that hand. Yeah. And it was a, a, anyway, that this, this place just that you got your bet. One of great, yeah, yeah. That's one of my worst, yeah. you know, but the, the thing about the thing about this though is it's like super interesting, right? Like playing bubbles is a crucial skill set, right? And how, like, how do you develop that skill set? Like, how do you learn? Trial and error practice. You got to, you got to. Right. Play. But like, then to me, it doesn't seem fair that this is something you beat yourself up over. Right. Yeah. Like, it just, it how just, are you supposed know. to know better, right? You're telling me like you made a loose job, but like what I want to say to you is like, it happens, man. Like, how can you like practice this like four-handed lineup, even with like a recreational in there? Like what tool do you have that like even answers that question? Tight is right. right My now. normal strategy. Tight is Tight right. Is right. Stick, to your, stick to your game plan. Don't be a hero. You know, I got excited yeah. and, and, uh, and, it, and I got punished and I got absolutely yeah. punished. I'll never forget it. It was the long, yeah. longest flight yeah. in the world. It landed yeah. in Joburg. It actually is. And that was a, that was a tough so one home. Um, you got and, beaten, you gotta beat it to you. But like, yeah. yeah, that's what, but that's what I'm saying though. Right. You just, you just gotta go, gotta move past those, man. If you, if you had no way of knowing the answer, obviously you would screw up. Right. I, I don't yeah. know what you shoved. Yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter, but I ended up shoving Ace-8 off on Jungle Man's open. He was the chip leader and I was in second and I just knew he was opening like every spot and I shoved and it was four-handed and I was in second and it was just absolutely, but it was short, right? Like he had like eight, 20 blinds. I had like 12. The other guys had like eight and seven or something like that. That actually could, that's probably good. All right. I like it. Feel better at least. Maybe I'll. I'll That's the thing though, right? You're asking me like, is this good? Is it not good? There's tools now that can answer this. Back then, you didn't have those tools. Like back then, you could like maybe run this in like HRC or something. Nowadays, there's better tools that could definitely could give you like a definitive answer for how to approach that from both perspectives. For sure. And let, let me uh, speaking of tools with the talk about RTA because this is a problem we're seeing people oh, yeah. getting banned or, or semi banned. I actually had my name thrown around in that, but it was someone named Jeff Gross or Gross Jeff on Gross uh, Jeff, yeah, not me. And it was just funny because I saw like couple couple of my friends that play you know whatever they saw like oh i heard you know just looking out for you i thought i was like no that's not me first of all i don't play well enough i don't think to, to be to be threatened for uh using rta but um it was just funny like i saw that name and i, I think his name was a peshka i don't think it was a yeah, peshka. Peshka. It, was, it was a it wasn't him though it was a different allegedly peshka. anyway yeah so that there was that whole thing but th- this is a this is a thing going on where people are getting banned and there are there are stuff happening and like how big a problem do you think this is and how how good a job are sites doing to to, um, to thwart this from what you know insert now here comes my rent of this which is great okay so i think overall sites are doing a pretty bad job uh okay because it's incredibly hot uh what gg did there i said this before but what happened is we need to go all the way back to the fatal cruise story right because this is how this started like there was a guy cheating with uh, real-time assistance in cash game, right? That's that's how this went down. Okay, I'm not really. And, familiar. Uh, not familiar. Okay, so basically the guy the guy ended up getting caught, and the way he got caught was not because the site caught him. The site actually sort of had like a sponsorship arrangement with him anyway. Different story. So basically, the point of the story is the guy got caught because his roommates uh, sold him out. Like he he was grinding in an apartment with players who play like Zoom 200 or something. So like his roommates. And um, 
young Fedor was crushing up until 5k suddenly with uh, having a solver up on the side and like running all since. No side caught that guy. That's a fact. Like no side caught that guy for like many hands. Like I, I know for a fact that in the German community, this was known for a while. And we tried to send emails to sites to get them to have a look at the guy. Nothing came from that. And the only way that guy got caught was because like his roommates like took pictures of him like running the machine, yada, yada, yada. So then suddenly a week later, GG Poker is like, you know what? We found 80 accounts that do the same thing. I'm not buying that. I, I don't buy that they develop a cheating detecting system that catches 80 accounts that apparently do the same thing. And apparently they do the same thing in a different format. Like you, in, in tournaments, you can't even cheat like they're describing. I could go on and explain how you can cheat in tournaments. It doesn't look anything like this. Cheating like this in tournaments is practically useless, right? So what GG then did was they issued a statement saying like it could be charts, it could be RNGs even, which shows that they don't know what they're talking about. So yeah, like I think this whole this whole like banning of AD accounts was just a farce. They were just doing this to like show action, and the fact that uh, Fedor got away with running like that little scam on their site for many months before they caught it, like even shows that they're not even trying. And it's it's a real threat, and I don't really want to go and explain how you could cheat in tournaments. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm just but yeah, fair enough. There, there, there's like in, in, one thing I want to say though is that in tournaments right now, the people who do cheat. They still cheat on GG, and I won't believe they don't because the way they cheat is really obvious. What they do is they have a close spot on the final table, which is like sort of a push or fold spot. A special shout out to the guys who always time bank down and somehow find the bottom ICM miser call. I don't know how they do it. Maybe they're just math geniuses that do like ICM on pen of paper, or maybe they just run it on a computer on the side. I don't know. But I, I will, that's I will say, in tournaments, right? The other question I have is the, the GG time bank, which is like funny to me in a way because, like, like I, you know, streaming, when I do stream, uh, you Terrible. have like a five or six minute delay, but there's a 15 minute delay. And it's like, it, to your point, like, that's actually the time where you would need you know, some time maybe to figure that out or have someone or have a secondary thing like that. That seems bizarre to me that like, all right, here's the ICM time and let's give everyone like 15 minutes and they might need terrible. Like, Absolutely terrible. I, I don't understand it all around actually. But. You think a site that came up with that idea to, 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 uh, to discover the perfect cheating system? Now, of course not. Like I can just pull up my laptop right now and solve like a, if I want to call a 15 big mind all in, I can find the bottom combo for any stack distribution. I can, I can do it on my phone. Like and like it's gonna take like what a minute of my time bank to make a perfect call when thousands are at stake. I don't need the time bank. I need to know what the bottom call is. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, and again, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't want to dwell or focus on it. It's definitely a topic that got some attention. And I actually remember asking a few of my friends about this guy Fedor Cruz because, like, same thing. I was just like playing yeah. a lot during the pandemic, during you know COVID last year. A lot of WPTs and big stuff going on party, and I just see this guy like all of a sudden in the mix everywhere and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, kind of kind of. But I guess the that's kind of how it goes. If you do things in, you know not ethically and improperly, those those type of things just kind of come come out and the, things seem to the, sad, the sad truth about cheating is you only catch the dumb ones <laughs> it's a it's interesting that interestingly said and i think um you're right that's unfortunate yeah. as well but but um uh yeah there i have heard, I mean, names. I've heard some very reputable names and people that yeah. i know are considered to be great players and have been for a long time probably before even rta was available or whatnot you know that that I've heard are, you know, that you yeah. hear it mentioned, which no proof are not going to cause a, not looking for a controversy, but, you know, I'm sure, like you said, there's probably some very smart 
people that are already very good that are able to use this and probably use it very well. I, I, I think there's like the, the problem with the GG bands is the people they cause, like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't, it isn't, uh, they were probably not running what Fado was running. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist for tournaments anyway. It's, it's complete. So, yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Anyway, I don't want to. There's too much exciting yeah. things to talk. I don't want to trash talk GG either. Maybe they're doing a great yeah, job. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't believe it. But well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm impressed what GG's done and and what what some of these sites. Nice that there's a there's there's like actual real powerhouse sites now. With you know, you're with, you represent 888. There's there's yeah. party poker. There's you know, ACRs had some great events and they've they've been you know they've been expanding and doing some big events. So it's just it's interesting. But, you know, with the poker stars used to be the only dominant site and now there's like four or five six sites where people have options uh to play and you know where i think 888 had a had a big upgrade right update on their their app as well exactly party poker did a massive update on their app and and sometimes you know some people say oh the biggest guarantees the best software this and that like it's kind of nice to have options too like for players if you're like all right well i want to play this many people in this buy-in you know it isn't always the best thing to have a uh, the biggest field or whatever, right? Maybe some of the, some better value on some of these sites. Maybe there's the time frame it takes is different. So it's nice that there's options and there's not a monopoly in poker. I think that's definitely yeah. we can agree is is beneficial uh, for it's, everyone. It's, it's, it's good for everyone because I mean you mentioned eight eight eight, you mentioned party poker and the mobile client especially. To my knowledge, PokerStars is the one site that hasn't followed suit with the modern uh, way of playing on the phone with the one hand approach. So if we're talking about which site has the best software, it's no longer PokerStars. Both Party and both N888 have made uh, improvements to like having the game be a bit more like what GG has done. And I think that's a good thing. I'm not really the guy who plays on the mobile very much, but for like an 888 promotion, I was playing on the mobile and it, I was pretty impressed with how it worked. Um, I also played on the Party mobile once. I don't want to do it again for some reason that I don't want to get into, uh, but they, I, I'm not the mobile player kind of guy. Right. So my feedback on this isn't important. But yeah, I, I think if, if some people like this, I think playing playing with your phone like this is a lot more comfortable than playing like this. And that's also something I've learned from uh, from developing BTO. Yeah, that's- <laughs> but that's just the way people use their phone. They want to hold it like this. They don't want to hold it like this. It makes a lot of sense. Simple, no, you- but so, it's so simple, right? But it's... It, it, it is. It's it's just one of those things that things keep evolving. And it's, it is nice to see that, uh, again, like, yeah, I'm not you're not going to play a tournament on your phone for 10 hours or eight hours. But if you're like on the bus or in an Uber and you want to you want to see some, uh, you know, Zoom or fast forward or, or whatever, play a sit and go or a hyper, it's kind of could be fun yeah. for, for 10, 20 minutes um, to do that. So, yeah, very yeah. cool. Let's I do. We want to take questions. So let's let's hit. Let's keep going here. And then at the end, guys, you do have an opportunity to win this ticket. You can go over to my Twitter. It is the pinned tweet and you still have time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead here and give you guys again a chance to get in a lot of a lot of engagement, a lot of a lot of people asking some cool questions and some of the ones I wanted to ask. So I'll save and let you guys um, have that, uh, get, we'll, we'll, we'll ask these, but in the meantime, I do want to kind of scroll through, is there any, any tournament besides that first one, you won the LAPT, your first bracelet, the WPT, anyone that kind of stands out or is just like super special for you that, you know, forget them necessarily the, the amount of money. Cause you know, the 4 million, obviously we just saw something, but that's, anyone something that, that stands out. Yeah. Your first bracelet or. I mean, I, I, I always kind of like hate doing this. I think, I always say that like I've I've been pretty lucky during my life career. Um, maybe not so much online, but that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, if I'm just trying to think what I remember, like anything that like 
specifically stands out. Yeah, like just I remember, I remember, like I remember punting off uh, massively in Barcelona many years ago when I had the chip lead in EPT Barcelona. Uh, we're only talking like only talking good memories. Um, yeah, well, no, yeah. I mean, no, it's kind of either one, but yeah. So I mean, the triple crown is that something that now I guess technically I don't know if that's still given now because there's no you know they have the Poker Stars Championship and then Party has their big series, but the yeah. actual triple crown right is like winning the EPT. So I don't know if that's like technically off the table in the poker world yeah. if that doesn't count. Like, is that does that interest you at all? Don't really care. You've got a lot of major. Titles, I just I just like playing. You just want to play. That's I just like uh, playing. Like I, I I don't play to win titles or like. I just want to play and like, I think it's fun. I like getting to heads up because heads up is fun and I'm good heads up and I just want to play. I, and, oh, sorry. I have, like, I, I, it's, it's fun for me. I have like so many good memories from like playing and like, what about the party? We got my man, Lord bear in the chat live asking, was there a LAPT bank? You're in Latin America. You're young. You're not that you're not young. <laughs> now. That big thing. Was there a massive party? What time did it end? Did you have like a lot of yeah. friends there? I didn't see many, many Europeans but, around, but did you know people? Uh, where, yeah, I, well, like it, you, you become friends quite quickly with uh, the other foreigners that make it out there. So I became pretty good friends with uh, Jason Skeens, who came fourth. It's an American uh, supernova elite grinder back in the day. And um, Derek Lerner, who's also a tournament player. So there was Max Heinzelman, that was also a tournament guy back in the day. So, like, naturally, you tend to go to the people you know. And, like, when there's the really big language barrier, German and English, you do become friends with those people quite quickly, right? So, like, the party, I was mostly hanging out with Derek and I was hanging out with uh, Jason. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's hard to bond with people you can't speak to kind of thing. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with the guy who came second for him. For him, there was, like, a life-changing score. But, like, it never speak, you know. You, so, basically, what was happening there was, like, we went to, like, the PokerStars party, uh, and I, I, I paid for a really big meal in the hotel. Uh, we, we talked about some things. And, Very cool. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. cool. Like back then, you, you just like meet these people, you know, you play with online. Like back then, Max Heinzelman and I would play online. And like then this was the first time we met each other kind of thing. So like it was like a, a small group of people, but it, it was easy enough to get along. And then like back then, there was just a small party poker stars put up where they actually put a lot of security around me because which I can only assume means they didn't want like the young 18-year-old uh, dumbass German guy to get hurt because they would think that would be a bad story if, like, the, if that came out. So <laughs> right. I actually shout out, shout out to stars for providing me with uh, security back then. It was pretty funny. It's like, yeah, yeah. like we were at the party and like, I, was just, I just wanted to talk to like one of my other Europeans that I met and the security guy just like pushed the guy away. It's like, you don't get close. To that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. They were, whether it was yeah. for your own benefit or theirs, they, they were, they had, Definitely. they were looking out for you. So that's, they were looking out for me. Shout out to like all these guys. Like, like that's this, awesome. This, yeah. I got to meet like some of the, the guys in charge of running the tournament. Like they were all great people. Very yeah, cool. The LAPG crew from back then. And tell me about this WSOP stretch because I remember this one. I don't know if this was in oh this was in AC. This one I remember going to the ones in um, New Orleans. Uh, this like national thing where I think it was based on the points from the WSOP the year before. You're yeah. able to play or, or whatever. There's some qualifications I forget. Uh, but you had a pretty nice stretch here, going bracelet, bracelet. In, oh yeah. You know a, about a month. Tell me what what was going on in these ones and how how was this field? It's amazing. Um... Again, this is another one of those tournaments where you can just look at the top three and it will tell you the whole story. Just do it. There's yeah. talent, some good players up there. There's just the whole three professional players, top three. 
Right. Yeah. And some of the names. And then, the like, you can also see some of the other professionals that cashed. Right. And right. if you look at this field, you can say, like, the stronger players did cash. And this was very much a tournament catering to the amateurs. And the, the reason I went was because I was on the way to Vegas. So I went with uh, David Vamplu, Manic, and uh, who had tackled him for that trip. I think those guys. So, yeah, fantastic tournament. Um, I was the, And I was the lucky one on the group to build a stack. And I was the lucky one to take it down. Very nice. And also a reasonable field size for a bracelet. Pretty sweet. Oh, 10K, beautiful. Nice prize. Very, very nice. So you get that done. You go to Vegas, check the World Series bracelet off, and then you head in. And, and, and what happened? You just got you, – you wrote a little momentum, and then you picked up another one, right? That was uh, right after. This is uh, what you got. Yeah. Okay. Another 1K, I think. Oh, wow. What a tough time up the table. How do you get there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean – that's a feat. So, so you get I mean, that was a, some of it, right? There's Dave D'Alessandro is a great player. Zach's a great player. Uh, Thayer Rasmussen, you. And then, but like, let's also be realistic. I mean, there's, you know, the gap. I, what I always say is the gap between good players is like this, right? But the gap between uh, 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 recreational who plays World Series, you know what I'm saying? The, the blunder theory again, right? Like if I play against you, you will make a little bit more blunders than me. You'll make a, a lot more mistakes than me. Point is, like the small mistake, like the really big stuff, you'll be sort of the same as me. But then like when it gets to like the finer things, because I have more reps, I have more, I've looked at more things. I have a like, but what happens then is that I, I only have like a, a tiny edge, right? Right. Because I've done more work, I have a tiny edge. But if you like compare what you can do compared to like a recreational. Like they, their mistakes are huge in comparison, which means you can beat those guys for a lot, right? But I can never, I can never beat you for that much. If I give you good material, I can't beat you for that much. So that's again like one of those things where diminishing returns of study come in, right? As lo- as long as our material is equal, I can't do much. I can only gain a tiny bit. So like all yeah. I can do is get better. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's what I do. I, I have better material and I work harder. Right. And so I, when I compare myself to the top guys, I work harder at the material. So my edge is tiny. But if I compare myself to like a medium guy, I have the best material. So you can't beat me. That makes me think, too. You know, sometimes I start thinking about, oh, like I suffer when I play a certain amount of tables. It just makes sense. Right. Someone like yourself or Chris Mormon or some of these guys that are like on like wizards. But when you do the repetitions, when you have all this practice, like it just makes sense. Right. If I'm playing eight tables and I get in the bit and I'm in like one spot in a small blind, big blind, another table, all of a sudden I'm on the button. Like you're able to process just so much quicker. Most of the people that are doing the work and the repetitions, they just, it becomes a lot simpler. A lot of the things, whereas someone that's not, hasn't done as much work or kind of understands, but every situation is unique. They may really spend a lot of time or it could really kind of throw off their other tables. If they're focusing a ton on the spots that maybe is like ABC for you, but for me, yeah. I really have to think hard, and I'm actually not sure. So, is that kind of the way to think about it too? Like yes. when you're playing online, you can just yes. really quickly be, be yes. doing things. I, I, that's an, that's that's another one. But uh, I was just talking live poker, right? Speed isn't important. Live poker, you have as long as you need. Yeah. Um, but for online multi-tabling, that's definitely one as well. Pattern. I always say that pattern recognition is huge. So, like the way humans learn chess or other games is by pattern recognition. It's pretty simple. We're like, we're not very smart. In, uh, we're not smart. Like, no, I'm saying. Computers crush us, right? So we need to learn like, like little children. Pattern recognition. You see, you do. But if you don't see anything good, you will never be good, right? So 
the only way to learn is you get you have good info and then you just uh, try to apply the info. So I basically what I would say is I have better info, right? So I I have seen this more often in DTO. I've played this more often against people. If I if if like there's a spot that I need to think about hard, it's like some really awkward ICM distribution, right? Like if we're playing button against big blind of 30 blinds, you can't shock me because I've drilled this spot in infinity. I know I know what's up, right? So yeah, it's like with like a spot like this where there is so much information out there, you need to get really good at it, right? But if it's a spot where there isn't much information out there, even doing like this much work will have huge effects, right? So like for you, like if, if you tell me like, oh, how do I get better? I would say like, look at some ICM preflop stuff. Play a couple hands in DTO in a spot you feel really uncomfortable. And the, you know, like maybe you like your weakness is playing against three bets. Look at a couple three bet responses by position. Yeah, I always right. say that like a tiny bit of work of doing the right work and the right work is important. Like the first thing you do has the largest benefits. So like you need to be really good at everything. Like you need to, no, sorry. You need to be sort of good at everything instead of being really, really good at something that's not important, if that makes sense. Right. I got, I got a question here live, which again, I want to encourage you guys to go to Twitter. So you're eligible for the ticket giveaway from Dom myself. Uh, we're going to, we're going to do that at the end of the stream, but we have a good question here from any seven, seven. Thanks for the support as always wants to know, Dom, do you use a supercomputer to make solvers for DTO? If you don't mind sharing the specs or price of yes. the equipment, I don't know if you can say any of that. What is How does that work? It's right next to me. Um, I actually I bought this computer like a couple of years ago now. Um, Okay, specs. Let's see. We got 512 gigs of RAM uh, because for like some of the preflop solves, you do want at least 256. So, so with that in mind, I bought 512. Slight overkill in hindsight. So if you want to get one of those, how much does that cost? Uh, we'll get to the price. And then I then I I remember emailing in and asking what the best processor was, and I ended up with two uh, Xeon E something 22 cores. So. Um, yeah, that's one. That's one machine. That machine handles all of our big preflop salts, and that cost me like twelve to thirteen thousand pounds when I bought it, and it was probably the best investment in my poker career. <laughs> and then, like that was running my that was running all my sims for. I, I bought this two thousand. I, I don't remember when I bought it, honestly. And then, like, yeah, that does the preflop salts for DTO, and then we rent seven other machines that are. Um, they have less RAM because we use them for post-flop solves. Yes, post-flop solve obviously requires less RAM. So like those, like we go hard on the processors uh, being able to have better performance. So if the question is more like what machine should you get, you need to tell me what you run and I can happily answer that for you as well. I'm pretty pretty qualified to answer that. But for, for pre-flop solves, this is the uh, so-called dream machine. Awesome. What is the What is the difference between DTO and, you know, again, I'm, it's, there's so much information. There's so much stuff. There's so many brands that now there's coaching and, and, and solvers. Like how would you rate yours? Let's just say like raise your edge. That's, that's where I'm, you know, that's my main school, Ben CB, you know, Ben, that's like, he's been on the, my podcast several times. I've, I've been with them for years, done some of their stuff. They have ranges. They have, they have more of a course, right? Your DTO is not really a course. It's a, it's a trainer. No. So how does that compare? Let's just take raise your edge, but maybe against some of the other ones, how is it different? How is it similar to some of the other leading brands in poker? This is uh, one of those where I always say, and I could just be like, ah, courses are bad, but it's not that. No, it's it's much more complex than this, right? If if you want to learn from someone, that's okay. But be realistic about what you get. If you learn from 
someone who sells you a course on the internet, they won't turn you into a crusher. It doesn't happen. You don't get good at poker by watching videos. You don't get good at poker by having a guy show you a simulation in a program that's no longer up to date. The way you get good at poker is by getting the best material. If I didn't have the good material, I would not be a good poker player. I mean, I've been an okay poker player, but the way I improve is by consistently seeking out new material. So like one of my recent areas of focus was ICM preflop charts. Uh, it is some, it's an area that is very resource intensive and has previously done been done with like ICM Miser and HRC tools that aren't qualified for the job because they can't calculate a calling range. So, I mean, to my knowledge, I mean, obviously like, like all these courses have been out for a while, right? And so the problem is that they don't provide up-to-date material for one. It's also that like a lot of the information you get isn't verified to be correct. And that's a huge problem as well that I don't really want to get into. But what we believe in at DTO is that we give you the best information. I give you information that I use. It's information, it's stuff that I learn from. And if it's stuff that I can learn from, I would really think that you can learn from this because every ICM sim I run, I get better. Every DTO hand I play, I get better, right? So the problem with a course is that you're learning from someone and then there's a problem, right? So like, look at this. If you want to learn, like the coach discovers, the coach discovers something, then he goes film a video and then he gives you his own opinion kind of thing. I don't know. There's like already too many steps in there. Maybe the coach missed something. You know, it's like all these things. So you need to have trust in your coach that he gives you good stuff. Trust that your coach did the work right. And also trust that the coach really has your best interest at heart, right? For us, that doesn't apply. Like the information we give you is verified correct. You can like rent a server and do all of these things and you will get results that are sort of comparable to ours. But we just give you all that stuff and that's what we sell. We just believe in selling you the raw good information that I learned from and then I just don't build anything on top. Or like I don't I don't make adjustments to the work and claim my work is suddenly better. Who like I don't I don't claim to know better than the machine kind of thing, right? And what I see in courses that really bothers me is when people claim to know better than the machine. That's utter nonsense. If you know knew better than a computer, you wouldn't be doing so badly that you know you you'd be winning millions, right? So like, I think like a lot of people, I get the idea of courses and I'm not totally against them. But once you get to a point where you're trying to overrule a machine, like it's just, it just seems arrogant to me, right? I learned from a machine, right? I'm humble enough to like recognize my mistakes. Like I will release like a, a spot in DTO the other, the next, in like a few days where like, we'll like, I'll point out a mistake I made. And that's, you know, that's, I enjoy that. I enjoy being wrong. And that's sort of what DTO is. It's, it's a tool I learn from, and if I learn from it, I think anyone can learn from it. And if they don't, that's okay too. Yeah, and I guess, I guess like uh, my my whole thing is you know there's so much information, and you know obviously Ben I've worked with. I think Ben's one of the best. I love his his stuff. I love Razor Edge. But in terms of like to your point, you just kind of explained. I mean, is is this something where is this a good compliment though to some of these other courses or some of the other stuff they offer? Or you just believe like you're saying you're a purist, like this is look, what you can do all the other stuff or learn or watch other videos and maybe you visualize and explain differently, but fundamentally what this offers is 
this is just like the answer and the spots. And this is what you want. Is that, is that kind of, I mean, that's what I hear you saying. Is that, is that yeah, true? absolutely. Um, we, we don't provide all in one solutions. We provide a path to learning. So for example, the problem with a course is that a course is closed. It has a beginning. It has an end. Poker learning does not have a beginning and an end. I mean, yeah, it has a beginning. The point is it's, it's a gradual process. I, you know, I won't, no video in the world can teach you how to play button big blind uh, as well as hundreds of hours of DTO code, for example, right? No, no video course can tell you how to play a final table as, as well as like running a bunch of ICM simulations could, right? It's, it's a gradual process to getting better, right? If, like my, my job at DTO is to provide the good sims and to run like interesting stack distributions that would be beneficial to everyone, where everyone has something to learn, right? Um, the problem again here is that a course has an end where it says like, you know, now it's over. Like I taught you this, but it, it's much more like a learning poker is like structured, but you can always get better at every single thing. And once you like release a product that sort of has like an end, it just feels dishonest to me, man. I'm not going to lie. Like you can never master anything in poker, man. And if you, if you tell me, you know, better than the Sims, I'm going to call you a liar. And if you tell me you can perfectly remember an ICM preflop chart, I call you a liar again. And if you tell me you can like get 20 excellence in DTRO, I would like to see you pull that off on stream. It's humility in poker is an, it's a great skill set to have. Right. So that's my issue with these courses is that they sort of portray themselves as like an end all be all. Yeah, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. But let me ask you here. You got you got some great names involved. You got uh, Monig Loser, or at least giving testimonials. Stefan Sontheimer. Yeah. Uh, here we got Simon uh, Peterson. And then, of course, Mr. Parker Talbot, the, the legendary Twitch streamer and, and been crushing. Are there guys here? If you get on DTO Trainer, how, how would you? Oh, here's that fire alarm. Shit, Dom. I, I thought we were going to get through, man. It's hard. Shit. It's hard. What should I talk about for two minutes while this is off? Give me it, something. Anything. Talk about DTO. How? Hey, how give, me, give, me, give me a question from the chat or something. Quick. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Sorry, guys, for this. Uh, tell me your favorite place you've played poker, travel, poker and otherwise. All right, cool. Uh, Beirut, Lebanon. I once went to um, the Casino du Liban uh, in Beirut. Uh, and I ended up, I, they had like a random 8K tournament uh, during Christmas and it was brilliant. Beirut, great place to visit. Absolutely. I had a blast there. Um, yeah, just fantastic. Um, all right. I think we're off for now. It might be, it, might come yeah. on very, it may come on quickly again. So if, if so, you have the chat, you have the, the Twitter questions up. Maybe you could just kind of answer or pull it up on the side. And if, if, if the fire alarm comes on, okay. I'm going to just, you could just kind of rifle off some ah. of these. But, rifle off uh, some of these. Okay. But for now, yeah, I just pulled this up on Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue. I forget. So I was asking uh, about, yeah. So if someone gets on DTO, is there, is there like a walkthrough? Can you pay for something where someone like gives you a tutorial or goes through? I'm sure you're not available for that. What is your price? What's an hour of Dom going for these days? If you want a Dom DTO walkthrough or is this off the table? Is an, it hour just- of Dom, an hour of Dom does not exist. And that's, a, that's again, the problem I pointed out with coaching, right? Coaches are, okay, this is going to sound bad again, but coaches are by definition incentivized to withhold information. Right. It, it's just a fact, right? Video courses are, are by definition supposed to uh, withhold information. There's no, you know, there's no authority that fact checks any of that stuff. So like, what, what's the reason to give you like the verified good stuff? There is not, right? So like when you pay someone an hourly, a coach has an incentive to, um, 
yeah, to hold you back, to like give you information slowly or not tell you the whole truth, right? So like what you want is you want a coach who's vested in your success. So um, yeah, what I sometimes do is I make people pay me up front for a lot and then I, I teach them like my limping strategy or whatever. And then no matter how long it takes, I'll teach you how to like approach the game like me kind of thing. But like doing an hourly coaching, if you pay me for one hour and you pay me a thousand dollars, that's not worth my time. I mean, I, I can say, like, oh yeah, a thousand dollars an hour is good. Really good, obviously, not what I'm saying. Just saying that the information I give you and then you're playing against me and I've revealed my strategy, I've revealed how I go about building strategies, that damages more than a thousand. Like what if the info leaks? What if my, you know, so like I need to be vested in your success kind of thing. Right. That makes perfect sense. I actually, I always say this too, because I get asked for coaching at times and listen, if someone wants to talk, part of it might just be they're, they're, they're fascinated with you as a person, right? They want to know about Dom. They want to hear your, yeah. your philosophy and whatnot. But the reality is like, I tell this all the people all the time, if whatever I would charge for an hour, it doesn't really make sense because we can talk, we might cover a couple hands, but like, it's way better to get a DTO, get a raise your edge, get, get a coaching program where you have info, you have ranges, you have access to it at your own dispersal. And it's, it's just disposal. It's just kind of, it's just tough, right? Like your actual time per hour, what it's worth for you or worth for me. And like what we're actually giving as a value proposition, it's just, it generally doesn't really make sense. Now, if you tell that to someone, you put it out front and they still say, no, I just want to hang out or talk or, you know, learn a bit from yeah. you and, and, and chat like, okay, but it really, that's not going to be the best serve uh, yeah. for them or you. I, I would imagine. I, I, I also, don't, I just don't, I don't want to do that either. You know, if I, if I work, if I, the way I view coaching is very much like, um, you pay me this money, I get, I get your future action and I look at my I look at my students more as equals, you know. I don't want to explain products to someone. You can pay me five thousand dollars an hour to explain products to you. I'll go nuts. I don't really work for money in that way. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it has to be something I enjoy, right? Like the other the other time, like I was explaining about three. I, I wanted to be stuff that I learned from as well, kind of thing, right? So it's it's like the whole thing about uh, always getting better at something. When I coach someone, I get better too. Because they don't ask me dumb questions kind of thing. Because if they asked me dumb questions, they wouldn't be my students, right? Like the other day I was lecturing on like uh, three betting and I was, I was lecturing about like how like various ranges change all that stuff. And then I threw together an ICM sim to show how like all of the stuff we just covered in ICM is completely different. So we get to do all of it again with ICM considerations. That stuff is fun to me. Or like I, I talk about stuff like post-flop and limping parts and like, I want to do stuff that interests me and like to share the stuff that interests me. I can't, I can't put like a thousand, I can't put an hourly on it because if I did that, I would be crazy. So it's, it's like, it's one of those. And like that way for me, really the only way this could possibly work. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it makes, it makes perfect yeah. sense. It makes perfect sense. What are you, uh, what are you most, is this, uh, is this DTO? Like, is this something that's just always going to be constantly, moving and, and improving because things do get updated is this or when do you think when will you kind of like how is the last give me like start to finish start to now how has it been like in terms of your your time allocation like when you first started and you're on it you're dealt with the developers every day now you, there's an update you just spent a lot of time on but like currently is it is it much less than it was like what when when it, what was the first date like you officially like came up with dto made the socials and had a plan to start working on how long has it actually been uh it's it's been uh long time now actually before we launched it's been like a year 
So like there's like all the all the things that you don't see that go on in the background. The building of all that stuff it took time. Developing the app took time. We had three developers working on it pretty much full time for uh, a whole year before we launched. And uh, as for what you're saying, so how my work has changed. Uh, I'm not a deaf kind of guy, so I'm ut- I was utterly useless in the early stages for like getting the up to the app to fruition. Like that work was done entirely by Marcus. And now we've gotten to a point where all of our development team understands poker better. Uh, they don't need Marcus to hold their hand anymore. Um, so they're much better at working with just me. And this is great because a lot of the stuff we've recently pushed out is ICM stuff. It's um, we, we build a preflop app from scratch uh, to show all the ICM preflop strategies and all the other stuff we're doing. So my my day job right now is basically run sims and like it, the, the product doesn't require any more hand holding in the in the poker department like the developers have picked some of them have picked up playing poker as well and they they are perfectly capable of building like most of the stuff on their own so now now my job is mostly to provide the strategies develop the strategies decide this goes in the app make sure the sims are top quality so i can like focus a lot on on a lot on what I'm good at and I don't need to, you know, handhold people through poker and stuff. And also, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to code. So right. I, like to think, I like to think that I'm much better qualified as being the poker guy. I like to think that I, I talk directly to the customers and they tell me what they need and I can like develop strategies in solvers and I can do all like all those things. And I can occasionally fire off a funny tweet that uh, triggers people into giving me responses and followers I have an understanding of poker, basically, whether that's um, the business side and the like, uh, media side or whether that's the strategy side. So my job is just be the poker guy kind of thing. And For I, sure. I, I'm the guy who does. I also, I'm also happen to be the guy who does the English grammar and all that nonsense sometimes. But that's OK, too. I can do that. Very nice. And. And, and what does it mean for you to be an ambassador of poker to be to wear a you know kind of a badge to to represent a company one of the major ones you're with eight 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 and and how was that to be how how did that discussion go was that a natural fit did they court you were you negotiating with different sites or you know like just give me that experience and does it does it feel good to be a representative of yeah. of the community yeah obviously I was I was flattered when eight 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 asked and. I think the first time we had discussions about this was when I met uh, the guy in charge in uh, in uh, Paris or something. Uh, yeah, when we had the World Series in Angar Le Bon next to Paris, and I came third, like they offered me money to wear a patch, and I I just pretty much just said to him like, yeah, if you want me to wear the eight 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 patch, we better make this a long time thing. And <laughs> yeah, and then like uh, for a while nothing happened, and then he still had my email, and he was like, one time he said like, yeah, we're looking for an ambassador. You want to do this? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And uh, that's pretty much how those negotiations went. I was not much more than like you. There was not much like you want to do this. I was like, yeah, I, okay, I want this and this. And then they said done. And uh, yeah, over the years we've been working together, and uh, it's, it's something that I very much enjoy. Uh, there's certain parts I don't enjoy about it, which pretty much just comes down to people thinking I'm eight 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 support. Uh, <laughs> but it's neither their fault or mine. But I, I think uh, it's. It's been overall a great experience, uh, especially I get to provide my input on certain things. Um, they highly value that, especially when I came to the software, I gave them a, a laundry list of things to improve uh, when I first saw the, like, the thought because 
obviously they value my opinion as a poker player and app developer as well. So like my opinion when it comes to the app from a user perspective, you know, they, they value that and like that that's important to me as well. And I I mean I obviously have no plans on leaving and I with the WPT coming up, I look forward to having some big eight at eight stuff to stream. Nice. So, yeah, tell me, about, t- tell me about streaming for you. I know you've done some 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 Twitch streaming. We're on this is this is on Twitch right now. And uh, what, what are you what are your thoughts when you stream um, in terms of giving up some information? Or are you worried about that? And people obviously probably tune in, especially since you don't do it a ton. So like, what, what how do you kind of balance when you stream and, and what information you give or how you explain stuff? And obviously, you don't have to show up. You do multiple tables. You don't have to you know certain spots you may not show or whatnot. How, <laughs> how uh, I can give you a pretty good answer to that. The thing, the thing is, one thing I'm known for when I play actual poker, and that's the reason I don't stream much, is because I play a strategy that is different from what anyone else does. Now, by definition, that means I can't show it because certain people pay me a lot of money to teach them. It wouldn't be fair to them. So um, a lot of what I, I limp before the flop or I race really big. That's like sort of my trademark approach to poker. Uh, when I stream... The reason I don't show this is twofold. It's for one, you know, it's like one, I don't want to show it. It wouldn't be fair to my students. I would hurt myself. Why on earth would I do that? So when I stream, I usually limp. Sorry, I usually don't limp or only limp of a short stack. And I play like a normal game and I talk a lot to the viewers and I don't really stream super seriously a game. Like I, I stream on low delay and I just keep it very casual. And then the other, so I'm not afraid of giving anything away there. I just, I just keep it honest and casual, but I won't play um, my, my uh, unique strategy. And then like the other thing I stream is DTO. And the thing is with DTO, I can stream this and be completely honest because of, again, of what I said, gradual process. There is no secrets. The way to get better is out there. It doesn't hurt me to tell you how I play this, but you know, it's fun. Like I talk to the audience, maybe someone in the audience actually raises a good point. Like it, it sometimes happens. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to say this is twofold, you know, and, and like with the, the preflop study streams, ICM, especially I've been doing lately. It's just fun. I just like doing it. It makes the learning process fun, right? I, would I get better results if I print out all the DTO preflop stuff and like just study it with a pen and paper in my own office listening to classical music and like not talk to anyone. Yeah, I'd probably learn better. But at the same time, I can also fire up a Twitch stream, have a beer, talk to the boys, and we can look at some stuff together, you know? Like the edge I give up there is tiny compared to like the enjoyment I get out of doing this. So like usually I stream at night when I'm done playing tournaments and I'm just having fun. I'm having a beer. I have a glass of wine, scotch, whatever I like. I talk to my friends in the chat. We look at some stuff. I quiz them on like how wide can we range, race here? How can we construct our range? And like by me lecturing on this stuff, I improve. And what's really important to me is that I enjoy it. This isn't work to me. This isn't study time. It's me hanging out with people I like on Twitch and like talking a bit of shit and just having fun. And somehow I happen to also get good at poker while I do this. What more do I want? Like I have no incentive to hold back. You know, I'm... I'm, I have no incentive to hold back or like tell you something that I believe is right because the way I learn is, is by looking stuff that I learned from, right? So it's just, Makes this is how what I do is different to what co- other courses do. And it's, Makes yeah, sense. I mean, like, even if, even if like, you know, this isn't something that's like mass market appealing as the 
you know, the, the cringe-worthy course kind of like watch this and become a winner ah, nonsense that like I find very disingenuous. It's like I find what I do very enjoyable, extremely rewarding. And like when I can explain like an ICM spot to someone or when I can explain how to use DTO preflop to someone, I find that rewarding. And there's always something in there I learn from. I don't cover stuff that I don't learn from. Or I don't cover stuff I don't enjoy. It's all, It always has to be something I enjoy. Because to tell you the truth, I've made enough money to a point where I don't, I don't need to do stuff I don't enjoy. Like if I wasn't enjoying streaming, I wouldn't stream. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's ultimately the goal, right? Is to, to do what you love, but then also not do things you don't have to do. And I think a lot of people um, do that even though they don't have to. They still do things they they don't, you know, there's yeah. just a, you, you get, you get better at that as you get older. And yeah. you know, what are you, 30 years old now? 31? 30, you, yeah. Yes. You realizing, you know, I'm 34. I have, a, I have a two-year-old son married. It's like the time is so valuable. Like when you're in your twenties and roaming around and doing whatever, whenever you want. And, and, and as you take on more responsibility and, and get older, you start, you start realizing like, yeah, it's ultimately just free time. You want to have time. You want to, you know, you don't have as much of it and, oh, and uh, you want to maximize that. Um, the, I just want to uh, say one more. So I want to say one more thing there. Um, yeah, that's that's like one thing that stopped me from creating a video course, right? Where it would just be me like telling people like the ABCs as opposed to, you know, I know that would be a profitable endeavor. I know that I could spin up a video course really quickly and sell a lot of them. It's just not something I enjoy, right? I, I build a product that I actively use at, to get better, right? Nothing in that is like stuff that is too basic for me. Just a makes 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 a makes a lot of sense um now let me ask you, you mentioned my students uh myself who we, we were talking a bit before stream and, I, and we'll, we'll have a private conversation later you know for myself do a lot of content try to keep up with poker but you know finding time to study and study uh properly i think it's, it's a great point you make though similar to learning the language or anything if you just do 10 20 30 minutes a day it adds up a lot like it's easy after like looking after six months you're like oh i'm gonna start i'm gonna allocate two hours a day that's not really realistic for everyone. And, and I think that that figuring yeah. out a way to do things or yeah. find a spot and work on yeah. is so valuable. And I think that yes. fundamentally no one really does that. Is that what you find is best? Or do you, do you like to do yeah. more of like three, four hours at a time or two hours? Or do you just kind of say, I'm going to do a little every day. And then it sort of morphs into, into more. I'm, at best is obviously doing it in a structured way. But as I said, I'm so, I don't have, I, I can't because I, I have the DTO day job and like the streaming thing and also I play poker. So that's like a lifestyle that very much uh, refutes the uh, the regularity of like having a set schedule, uh, studying schedule. If I was trying to maximize my EV, um, I would have run all these sims a, like, a long time ago and I would have like really forced myself to sit down and like drill them just for myself, maybe teach it to a couple of other people I swap with and then go play 100Ks. But mostly thanks to Corona, this can't happen anyway. So, yeah, I think like, like you compared it to learning languages, right? I just think all the information is out there, right? Mm -hmm. Comparing languages, if you want to learn Spanish tomorrow, there is classes out there and you can always get better. You're not going to master Spanish by watching a video course. Right. You, you learn a little bit and that's nice. But even after the thing, you're still going to need more. And the thing is with poker, that's different to languages as well. So I can, you can always learn more, right? Like I, right now, I don't think I, I should take an English course or something wouldn't be worth my time. But you can always get better. You can always learn more. And yeah, that's really important. But also poker is competitive. 
you need to be better than the other person, right? Right. So yep. if you want to make money and your opponents learns from course A and you also have course A, who on earth is going to win? It's going to be a draw. So like you better figure out a way to beat the guy with course A or you're not going to win. It's pretty much that simple, right? So competition, like when it's, when it's competition, you need to seek out better material, right? When it's something like learning a language, there is no competition. Like you can learn, you can speak English. I can speak English is fine. You know, like there's no you, there's no like you're better than me, and like I am better than. You. Doesn't matter. So like when there's competition, you need like that extra edge. And as for the study process, that's sort of similar, but it is important to realize what you're studying for, right? Like you need to be better than someone. You can't be the same as that guy. You need to be better than that guy. Uh, I mean, I agree completely. And how you mentioned my students, is that a close? Is there, is it a cap number? If I wanted to get involved, if someone watching is like, man, you know, I'd love to go and dive deep and learn the strategy. Like what are the different things you personally offer or what DTO as well, what their different levels of, of involvement is. So how do I get, how, how, how could I get more serious? I'm out, I'm, out, I'm out of the private coaching business. This is too much for me. Um, it's just not worth doing for me. I, I, I took on two professionals, but it's, it's not something I, I enjoy doing that much anymore. I enjoyed it a lot when I first did it with Marcus and I taught him like this, this is how you think, this is what you do. I, comp you know, you, I changed his approach to poker, basically. And then he became a really good poker player on his own because I taught him stuff. You know? And to this day, I still show him like the DTO, the DTO ICM sims. He learns from them to this day. You know, he still plays poker. He's become really successful. And I, I know he won't mind me saying this, but he wasn't a good poker player when we first talked. But like I've changed the way he thinks. And then he's become really good mostly on his own. So like my job is mostly just to think the way I change the way people think about poker. And we do that with DTO as well. But what I don't really enjoy anymore is like the, the hand holding, the having to go back to teach people the stuff that I by now understand pretty well. Right. So like some of it gets tedious. Um, tedious but necessary. So, like, you need to make sure that the people play enough hands. For example, like, that's a, that's a fundamentally. But you need to do it. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So, like, this, like, and as for as for DTO, I always believe that like good information will be out there at some point, right? Like, you can't keep a secret down forever. And uh, as technology advances, so do we as players. So, I don't really believe in like holding back. I believe in putting all the information out there. I believe at selling it at an affordable price. So like, so those that want that information, uh, I mean, this sounds kind of like a joke, but I, I would rather they give the money to me than they give it to someone else, right? So that's sort of like the way I've gone about DTO. Like a lot of people message me and say like, dude, why on earth are you selling any of this? Are you crazy? Why are you, why are you like showing stuff that super high rollers get wrong? Why are you selling this for this? Or like... Why, like people always say, like, why are you ruining poker? And my response is always, that information is out there. We just make it more convenient to use it. And it's, it's again, what I keep saying is there is no secret to getting good, right? Like, I, I can, if you get private coaching of me, I will tell you why you're bad. And I'll, like, most people who come to me for private coaching ask me because they want to learn how to limp like me or, like, how to employ, like, a completely different strategy. And that's fine. But... If you're not interested in learning how to limp or if you're only interested in like playing like the ABC way, I can't teach you that better than DTO. I can't teach you how to play a final table better than like my preflop simulations. I can simply not. I am not above the charts. 
right? I can show you the shards and I can say, look at this, this, and this, look at how this is constructed, this is constructed, and this. I can teach you shortcuts, like how to use this and how to apply it. And I can teach you things where it doesn't apply. But what I can't do is I, I can't say, I have an answer that is better than what my chart provides. Right. So like yeah. this humility, this humility is something you will see in every super high roller rack, right? Why like lower tier players will be like, I am the best. I know better than the solver. I know exactly how often I get check raised on the river. And the truth of the matter is you simply don't, right? So, and as long as you don't, you need to uh, default to an authority, which is the next best thing, right? So like why solvers aren't perfect and everything has their flaws. If I, I'm picking like a human guessing and making up stuff or my sim results, I'll bet on my sim results. And that's right. how I've always approached learning. I've always like, I've always been humble that I, as a human, I know I'm incapable of beating a machine. So I better learn from the machine. Are, are you, are you surprised at the, the level of, of players that let's, let's take, I don't know. I mean, you could, I don't know where the cutoff would be. $3,500 buy-in WPTs, 5,000 or WSOP players or anyone that calls himself a professional. Are you kind of surprised still to this day that the level people are at or that people aren't doing the work or aren't using details? Yes. It's kind of crazy. Yes. Like for, for yes. you to be in a field that that's, this information is readily available. Does it surprise you? They're like, wow. Like, you know, like, cause like when I, I'll just be honest from my perspective. And I remember back and like playing with you and battling more when I was, playing more and traveling more and we would be and I, it's one of those guys where it's kind of intimidating when you're playing against you you're just like man this guy knows every spot he's he's dialed in and like he's he's a he's a you're scary like because you just know you're not gonna make mistakes but like the fact is it's just got to be kind of like when you're at a table you're pretty, probably oftentimes realizing pretty quickly or just knowing someone's game you're like wow like this guy is really at a disadvantage here like and does that just like you just you must sit down sometimes and just be like this is crazy like how how am i able to play for large amounts of money and have this type of edge and and not and, and the fact that people have the opportunity to also have access to what you have so like is that does that just like shock you yeah this is this is a fascinating question to me because the reason we made this available obviously was because it doesn't exist in a convenient way right so we keep talking about like learning from these courses and whatever you want to say about these, like, I think we talked about enough, is this information is different to what I used to learn, right? Then like, the stuff that I study, I needed like a, I need like a $15,000 supercomputer running for weeks on end to give me the answers that I want. And then I need special software that is also expensive. So you're looking at, you're looking at expenses, you're looking at tech setup that the average poker player can a, not afford, or B, lacks the knowledge to set up, right? So there is this barrier this that has been around, which in my opinion is the main reason to this day that people mostly do their learning through videos. It's because no one has broken down the barrier and made it affordable, right? It's it, sooner or later, something like this was going to happen. If this wasn't DTO, I swear someone else would have done this. And... Maybe they wouldn't have done it as well as us or something. Not the point. I think sooner or later, this information would have come out in one way, shape or form. And we obviously have huge expenses to generate all these solutions. It's not cheap. You know, it's um, if we don't get any customers, we take a huge hit on this. It's, it's fine. It's, that's, how, that's how business works. works. You take a risk and it's fine. You hope people buy it. And one thing that to me has been extremely shocking has been the refusal 
people have for GTO. And it's, you know, like everyone thinks they can't learn from this stuff, you know, like exactly as you said, Jeff, like these people in the $3,500 tournament, they cling to their masterclass. They're like, I've watched this in a video. This must be right. And it's really, really sad. You like, you give some people information that is factually correct and they look at it and they say, I don't want this. I want my masterclass content. And once you have people that are that stubborn, it's really, really frustrating for me because I, I spend my days uh, coming up with ways to teach this. I spend my days running sims. You know, we have like our, our server costs are through the roof. Every month we spend more money on calculating stuff than people would who create a course kind of thing. Mm. And it's things like this that drive me crazy is when I, I feel like people in the mid-stakes guys who are like sort of winning, you know you could just take some money and like spend this on the stuff we provide, which is factually proven to be correct, you know? You don't need to watch a video anymore where the guy uses Hold'em resources. You can just buy DTO preflop, which uses more state-of-the-art tools, has done all the work for you. You can learn from this stuff. Why are you still trying to learn from outdated material? And the reason for this, is I found, is that people have, like, they, they're extremely comfortable with what they have. They hate change. Yeah. And in the 3,500 is what you said earlier. The reason this is okay is because they can sort of scrape by. There's two ways this goes. Either they win, then it's be, in their mind, it's because they played great. You know, they played great. They watched their masterclass. They crushed the field. Good for them. But the real reason they won is because the field is just people who don't believe in the pandemic. Like there's people who don't believe in wearing a mask. You, you, to beat these guys, you're not special. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's, it's basically like the blunder theory over and over again, where, where I'm saying you're beating people that are not very good at poker and you're beating them with like your bad material. But if you had better material, you would beat the crap out of them. If you were disciplined and you studied with better material, you would beat the crap out of these people. You would win so much more. It's that you'd, you'd maybe be playing high rollers in no time. What do I know? Anyway, the point is, um, it's not very difficult to beat bad poker players. It's not very difficult. It's the, the important thing is not even like putting in hours and hours. Much more important than the time is the quality of the stuff you have access to. If you have top information distilled to you and you can just browse through a couple of final table scenarios in bed or whatever for 15 minutes a day and learn how stuff works, you're miles ahead of the field. You know, like the other day I was watching a, a final table and like one of the um, so-called elite called a three bet in a spot where strategically he should be calling zero three bets because his risk premium was too high. And it's stuff like this I see where like even the elite makes mistakes. Um, yeah, like right. th there has to be a reason for this and you, you just got to put in the time and effort. Um, but yeah, if, if you, if you, if you want to get good, you need the best stuff. It's basically a short way to sum all of this up. I love it. Well, listen, we've covered a lot. I mean, it's very informative, you know, even again, for, for myself, it's, uh, it, you, you have a very refreshing way and in a very clear way of defining it. And I think, again, it's about what motives, what goals you have. And listen, some people learn differently, mm -hmm. right? Some people just love, want that visual, the soothing or being walked through and seeing it. But, but ultimately, uh, it does sound like DTO. I know there's uh, some major changes and, and, you know, congrats on the product. I know that, that it takes sorry, a lot. Sorry, sorry oh, to interrupt. I just, want, I, just, I just want to say something about the learning different thing, right? That's important to me because 
people say they learn differently, right? But I, this is like the one thing I want to say to this is, yeah, you can learn differently. You can learn by watching videos, but just um, if you're if you're learning, okay, let me put it this way, right? You can either learn like me and look at the stuff I look at and try to learn the way I I look, or you can um, look at coaching videos from four years ago and that use outdated software. I mean, at the end of the day, the choice is everyone else's, but don't be surprised with the results you get, right? You, you get what you put in, right? If you want to be a mediocre uh, 1K rec, uh, you can watch your courses with videos. If you want to like unleash your potential, you, you rent a big server, you know, that, that's what I did. You know, you rent a big server, you buy expensive software, you run that stuff, or you pay someone who ran all that stuff for you. Like those are really like your two options. The courses, the courses uh, won't get you to the top. Find one player who plays uh, 100K buy-ins on the regular and they will all tell you the same thing. They'll all say it's this hard work, right? Like no one's going to tell you like, oh yeah, I bought this masterclass and now I play 100Ks because those people don't exist. Right. Unless they're backed by the Chinese Sun players, but that's a different story. Point remains. <laughs> The, the, the information is out there. You know, it's, I'm not like right. giving away secrets. Fair enough. I love it. Well, listen, Dom, you're one of those guys I can talk to forever. It's fascinating. You're you're uh, you are a savant in the field. You're 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 an expert, and your results speak for themselves. Let's take some questions though, because I you'd love to have you on in the future. But let's uh, as well for multiple times. But let's let's dive in here onto some of these questions and and. Let's let's see what's going on here. So right off the bat, I see the man, the myth, the legend, Marco Ghost of him. Ask Dom if he has thought about the cost of computation going up during the pandemic, and do they try to adjust for that? I'm not really sure. Is that, is that something that happens? Are people are the prices getting risen? And, and with the, how does this work? Prices risen? We don't do that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that, any of that. Okay. Uh, Fair. We got a lot, Dom. Look at this. Look at this. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't believe in raising prices. If you if you want to honestly start working on your game, we. We strongly believe that we have a. Pro- we even have, I even build a product from scratch uh, for recreational players, like a DTO preflop uh, grinder tier. I, I will not touch that, and I will not. And like you can even train for free. I will not touch that either. Like the other day, someone suggested in the team that we could maybe look at like doing something to the the, the free people on our app. Like we have thousands of free users who just play on the app every day and play for fun. Like someone suggested that we could do something to get some money of those guys. I said no. That's not for the weight. So DTO will always have some good free stuff. Very cool. I, I stand for that. Very cool. Uh, how do you? Clear- All right. Nice question from Marco. Craig Leonard, always on asking great questions. And a part of this has actually binked numerous giveaways. He asks, how do you clear your head after the run of losing sessions? What do you do for entertainment outside of poker? So two things. How do you, after a long day, yeah. long session, you got, you know, the matrix in your head, spot yeah. situations, whatever. How do you, how do you relax? I think I covered this already. Like, I do like various things. Like, occasionally I play video games. Um, I don't do much of that anymore. Play a bit of chess. I um, I fire Twitch streams where I drink and talk a bunch of nonsense. It's like it's one of my. It's, it's like it's become one of my hobbies, and it's actually fun. Um, yeah, sometimes I just watch some t- TV show in bed. Uh, I got, I got to ask, rapid, rapid fire. So like lots of things. Yes. I should have, I should have asked this earlier. So we could have, you know, maybe, uh, the, I didn't want to lead on the females. Are you single relationship? Any, uh, what's the, what, what's taken. the deal? Taken. No. Taken ladies. Sorry. So we might see the numbers drop. I, always, all, I should do this earlier. All, all, all two of you. Yeah. There's the rest. <laughs> There could be some females in here. Uh, in live tournaments, are players very ICM aware or not? I mean, it's kind of a broad no, question. Every, everyone, everyone's terrible at ICM. Next. Everyone is terrible at ICM. 
doesn't matter if it's a 100K final table. doesn't matter if it's a live tournament. They, sliding scale, sliding scale. The, the top is here. High, super high rollers are sort of here. I mean, the ceiling is way up, but point is live tournaments all the way down here. Wow. Sliding so scale. Always think of sliding scale. Everything in poker like this. Everything. It sounds like there's a good opportunity for people. If you want to Mac, get better at ICM, it could could go a long way. I, ICM is the real money maker. Like most of the DTO work we've been doing and are currently doing is ICM focused. Uh, very cool. Uh, weirdest place you played a tournament? I don't know. How about or weird weirdest thing? I answered that, answer that when the fire alarm was going off. Uh, Beirut in Lebanon. Oh, that was that was mentioned about the weird. Okay, sorry, I blacked out. Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah, I, I guess it must be the weirdest thing. It was a different question, but. Okay. Uh, well, there we've talked about which online course we, okay. We kind of covered this a lot on this different courses. Uh, we asked about the family already about professional poker, uh, alcohol when you play, do you ever drink when, other than when you're just going on your streams uh, to casually, no. no, no drinking at the tables. I, like a lot of what I do these days is like, I have so much material that's not deeply ingrained into my brain yet. So when I play final tables, what happens is that I'm like super, super into it. So I need to think really hard and I like, I really enjoy it. So like, obviously I can't drink, like drinking would be something I could do when I autopilot and hang out. Right. But now, now I actually, I feel like I'm, I have discovered again, so much to learn that like, if I started drinking, this would be a, a huge disaster. I can't make perfect sense. <laughs> Uh, what yeah. what is what's that white circle thing behind you there? And it looks like you do have like the mad scientist thing going. You got stuff put on the walls. You got multiple monitors. You got like what what's going on over there? Uh, this is this back isn't my setup. My setup is in front of me. It has more monitors. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. my girlfriend's setup. The white background thing is eight at eight sent me this to record videos in front of. Ah, uh, like a green screen, a white screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, more, more monitors are. I saw some notes. You love Japan. Is Tokyo, is that your favorite place in the world, Japan? Or, or what, yeah. Else, yeah. what specifically not, do you love about that? Sushi. Just, just the best, best sushi. The sushi. Um, yeah. I love it so much. Fair enough. Uh, all right. My dad had a question. He was saying you started off fast in your poker career, winning several bracelets at a young age. Was that beginner's luck? Do you believe in beginner's luck? And we kind of covered about just making less mistakes yeah, than others. But what do you think about luck and variance in some of these spots? Like, cause I was like the King Tensu to King Queen stuff like yeah. this, right? Like spots that you've run well, like uh, how do you approach that when people talk about luck? And, I think and- as for beginners, luck, obviously not the case. I've, I, I started playing when I was underage. Uh, that's pretty common knowledge. I, I had a bankroll of up to uh, more than hundred K when I turned 18. So by any definition of the word beginner, I was not qualified to be a beginner. Like right. I, I, I didn't start with money. I started with uh, $50. Everything in that way like, that was built up is from poker, $50. So, yeah, it's obviously not beginner's luck. But as, as for luck in tournaments, it's another thing I could go on for hours. But basically, the single most important factor when deciding who wins the tournament between uh, Jeff and myself, if like, you throw both of us in the next tournament tomorrow, it's luck. Right. It, 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 doesn't, ma- it doesn't even matter, like... I am not that much better than any other good poker player that luck isn't the deciding factor as to who does better in a single tournament. Skill might decide over like 100 tournaments, but again, diminishing returns as the edges get smaller, as everyone plays better, um, more of it is going to come down to luck, right? So like I'd say actually the luck luck factor um, in a way increased because the edges diminished, meaning... 
Um, meaning like five years ago, it was much easier to crush a big field while right now um, win rates are going to be much smaller, right? As the average player improves, so uh, your win rate goes down, right? And then you need to seek out better material to have an edge against those guys. And thankfully in, 13, in, uh, thankfully in $3,500 tournaments in Florida, we're not there yet. And we will never get there. <laughs> Fair enough. Another question my dad asked, uh, if you, which I like, if you were to ask to compare poker players to football or soccer players, right? Like in sports, what kind of analogies would you make? The majority of professional poker players would play at what level of professional football, like the Premier League or the MLS? How do you kind of... That's how, a fantastic you, question. That is yeah. a fantastic question. We are very low down. We are so low down. I don't even... Someone the other day was comparing this to chess, right? And I don't want to be a dick to someone again, but like someone on chess, uh, someone was like playing chess and they said like, if like poker had an ELO rating, they said Fader Holz would be like Magnus Carlsen and he would be like a 2200 or something, which to those who don't play chess uh, is someone who's dedicated their entire life to getting good at it, right? If you, if you think about how dedicated people are in football, chess, any other game, right? If you think about how dedicated these people are and you compare that to what we do in poker, it's a joke. It's a, it, there's no other way. It's a fucking joke. Like, I roll out of bed at like two in the afternoon. I look at a couple simulations I ran and I am allegedly one of the best in the world. You know, like I watch a final table and someone uh, calls a re-race in a spot where he has 0% calls against the three bet. Some of the stuff we do wrong is utterly embarrassing. Right. It would, it would be like stuff you don't see. It would be stuff you don't see in, in professional yeah. sports, like a player taking yeah. a penalty yeah. kick with the back yeah. heel or like something. Yeah, they, like they, all have co- they all have coaches, you know, like I, I keep going back to chess because it works so well. Like, you know, we all play like our basic simple strategy and we're like, oh, this is fine. We just move some pieces around and that's enough to win. And the problem here is because it's enough to win, we're not really incentivized to put in more right. kind of thing, right? You just get you just get so happy with what you have. You like you watch a course and now you're like a small winner, but you could be a bigger winner if you just do the work, right? Right. right. And then also, also the problem also how poker's set up too, right? Like especially in the yeah. last decade, or you travel around, you got your buddies. You know, a lot of a lot of the poker players are twenty to thirty. They don't have a family or kids. They like to party. They drink. They yeah. go out. They're they're like, oh, I made day two. I got fifty big blinds. There's there's eighteen percent of the field left, and anything could happen. You know, I'm gonna pick up yeah. some coolers. I'm gonna I'm gonna win a flip, and I might win the yeah. tournament tomorrow. And that's that's yeah. like there is that part of it, which um, Back factor as well. Yeah. You, you, you can kind of hide. You can't really yeah. like make too big. Like your point, if you're just not making massive blunders, you can kind of be yeah. in the game at any yeah. point. Yeah, and, yeah, which, absolutely. Which and kind of there's one. But. There's one more thing I want to point out. Uh, I'm not going to disclose any names for this story, but if you think about like even some of the West world, like I remember the, the big blind entry got introduced, right? And then like a friend of mine who I swapped with happened to be heads up in a tournament. I don't want to say who, I don't want to say what the tournament was because I don't have his permission to disclose this, right? But what happened there was I talked to him about the final table and I was I, like, we're not that close, but we're like friends, right? And I said, you know what? Do you want to see anything tomorrow? I have I have some stuff prepared in the solver or something for this. And then he said to me, heads up with Big Blind Anti. I never looked at this. And that to me, like we play heads, we play the heads up for millions of dollars. 
and like one of the best in the world has not prepped for heads up play with a big blind anti. If you say that to someone who's not in poker, that sounds utterly insane. What do you mean you haven't prepped for this? Are you nuts? Like, what do you do all day? And this gets better because I didn't have a sim prep for that yet. I, I, didn't, I don't think I had like the sim completely prepped for that yet. I ran something like by coincidence a while ago. So I just, so I just fired it up. You know, I got, I got my iPad out. Like I, I, you know, I, I showed him like, I showed him like this whole, everything works for an hour. And I was like, okay, we want to do this, this, and this. And in, in poker, that's how improvement happens. It's like so basic, you know, it's like, it's so, um, can't think of the term, but it's so amateur ish, you know, like the, the top guys run the Sims themselves and take another top guy to run the sim for them. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, no, in, in sports, it's a great, it's a great point. Some of the only bets the nuts is here in the chat saying, imagine Magnus not preparing to counter a common opening or Lord bear says, imagine Magnus forgetting and pass on. Like, yeah, there's just like yeah. stuff that, like you said, like never happened at the highest level in some of these games, like the basic stuff, but we're talking ICM millions of dollars, like on a daily basis or like on a, you know, on a, in a typical tournament, a high roller tournament. Um, yeah. To think that most yes. of the majority of the players haven't done, some extensive work in certain spots is pretty it's, crazy. It's, it's excusable in a way, like understandable, I want to say, you know, it's, it's understandable because who's an expert on, who's an expert on running Sims. There is no one, there's no one I would trust to run my Sims. Right. Right. I guess, Makes, yeah. You know, I run my Sims myself. And I, I, yes. And sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I've I actually meant to ask this earlier about heads up. You special, you said you pride yourself and you, you've done a lot of work on heads up and whatnot. Uh, what about, what did you think about the Doug Daniel? How big of a favorite do you think Doug really was? Are you surprised at all with any of that? Or do you think <laughs> I, that- I, I had infinite money bet on Doug and I'm sad. I didn't bet more. <laughs> right. Right. And what do you think about the Negranu Helmuth? I think it's actually not, I just had Daniel on and the, it's not, it's deep, but I don't think it's a lot of hands. Like what are your thoughts on like Daniel versus Helmuth? Helmuth and Helmuth's what my guy, I love that guy. I think he's an, you know, some people gets a crazy rep and he's a little out there and he does whatever, but as the like high roller crushers versus Daniel's favorite, like, yeah, do you think it's a big, big favorite? I think it's not too late for Phil Helmuth to call me up and uh, get some coaching in. Okay. Uh, we could hit some grounds running pretty fast. That would, um, uh, hang on, hang on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just think Dan- Daniel has improved a lot. Obviously, uh, I still think Doug was a huge favorite. Now, I'd be happy to run it back, giving same odds and everything. It, it's again, it's again like the thing about like when you play against someone who's. It's again like the the first hours you put into something will always lead to the biggest return, and that's what we saw with Daniel. Right? I think he could have done a much better job. Uh, and been more efficient and done like a lot of things went wrong. I don't want to get too much into that. We could fill an entire podcast with what they did wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, like he did something and something gave him a little bit of an improvement and Helmuth did nothing. So uh, I, I bet on Daniel. Right. Right. <laughs> makes, makes, makes sense. Um, okay. Fair enough. Uh, someone asking my man, what's his name? He was asking snafu. Is there a DTO coupon? I'm about to check out. Is there, there- look at that? Got sales don't, 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 don't buy it now wait for next week there's going to be a scoop sale like i don't i don't want to make sales like this if you um, want to buy it now buy like something small or like try it um so that was like an important message to check yeah um all, all good all good nothing bad um yeah man i, I don't want to like come on here like make a bunch of sales now like there will be a scoop discount and also i'll there will be other discounts as well and don't 
don't don't go in there and buy the super high roller for a year now. You know, I don't want that. All right, Wait so for a small sale or a different sale. Hold off for a little bit. I'm gonna I want to get involved with DTO. I think I could yeah. probably capitalize as much as anyone in terms of being able to play in some some cool events and different Excellent. spots. And and I definitely need a, a sh- brush up uh on on my game. So I gotta talk with you afterward. But there is no you don't have a do you have affiliate deals? Do you do discounts other than your, your special sales? Re- very recently we introduced those to the web version because it was twofold, right? It was it was difficult for us to um do it in, in the app, you know? And then also like there's like the open truth of app stores. App stores take a really big revenue cut already, right? So we were we were paying them and our prices were low. So like Im- imagine if we put like an affiliate on top now, we also need to pay them, right? So the only way this was financially viable for us was if we moved to our own uh, payment provider where we get to take in all the revenue. And now we can take on uh, affiliates that we can share with. And it also works better with the new super high roller here and the preflop stuff. So yeah, all in all, it's... It, I like what I hear. I like what I know. Yeah. I want to get involved more detail. So yeah, let me know, guys. And But you can get it. And say there, is a, there is a code, though, if you want to wait for uh, for the scoop sales coming, coming up pretty soon. So that's definitely a good option. What is the price points again? Can you just remind everyone at home what the difference levels are? And there's actually a question. Is there a dummy uh, dummies type guide? So I'm sure there's a YouTuber. Yeah, you can try it. You can try it for free. Um, just download it on your phone or cre- just create an account. You can play for free. Uh, we don't limit anything. We welcome everyone and anyone who wants to try it for free. Uh, I don't want to bully you into buying it right now. As I said, I'd like to make you sign up with the uh, scoop code or Jeff's code or whatever. But point is you can try for free and everything's explained in the app. We have a little question mark button. You can click on that. will tell you everything, everything you need to know. We have YouTube videos. We provide Twitter content. We provide Instagram content. Like we believe in, um, making all the information that we've solved publicly available. And the way the business is viable for us is by hitting like a mass of people. So, you know, Very it's, cool. it's, it's, it's like the reason we can do this so cheap is because we have a large outreach of over 5,000 followers on Twitter and all that stuff. Right. For sure. And make that's awesome. We got a question here about DTO. How has it helped your own game? What would you say the single thing that since you went from coaching to developing the app, was there some specific thing that triggered your or a spot or a, a learning that you're just like, wow, this is great. Yeah. And I'm so happy this happened. This is very strange though, because I, I originally thought that I wouldn't have too much time to get good at poker while developing this. Right. Cause like we, we originally had like a, a business model in mind that was much more recreational, but it turns out that the recreational players some of them loved it, but like we never hit critical mass to a point where, yeah, you know, we would have tens of thousands of subscribers. So what, what I found that happened was that DTO was a much larger success with professionals, right? So strangely enough, that resulted in something where I could just now produce stuff that I found interesting. So like, and with everything I ran and with everything we put in DTO, I keep learning myself. <laughs> Right. So I, I would just like, yeah, like all the ICM stuff is news to me. You know, if like people at 100K do it wrong, um, that's like, I'm not that much better than those guys. Right. So like, there's always stuff that I found that I learned uh, much more than I originally anticipated. I, 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 for one, thought that this would be like at $10. We would, I mean, they, we, we didn't go down like this one path and we were focused on this. We, we, we changed. Like uh, we had like a very recreational player model in mind where 
I wasn't learning as much. And then eventually we just we recreate. Like some players get very unhappy with the fact that we don't provide explanations or that we don't hold their hand or that we don't give them the one-stop solution, right? I found um, that people were more interested in the one-stop solution and we couldn't give that to people. So I sort of, like, we as a team sort of threw this around and just said, well, we have all of this. The professionals love it. Let's just do what the professionals want. And the people who are in the inner circle of DTO, um, like many of them are like loyal subs from day one. They tell me what they want. They run their own sims. They show me their stuff. So like, it's, it's again, not me teaching you stuff. It's me learning stuff. Like I'm learning the same stuff I sell. So obviously I improve as well. Again, I'm not above the Sims. So anything you see in DTO is stuff I can learn from, right? So to, to me, this is actually just, I didn't see this coming originally, but it somehow honestly happened. Like DTO has like started out as like a training app for everyone, but it's sort of more become like a, a tool for professionals with a community around it that runs their own Sims that has become like extremely open and sharing all their findings. And it's very much become a place for people who are dedicated to learning by doing the work themselves rather than by having it spoon fed to them. And that is probably the main reason why I have um, been so successful recently, because my online results are insane. I think I, I mean, yeah, results oriented and everything, but I've hit biggest score after biggest score recently. And that's in a large part. I, if I had to attribute it to like one thing, it's the ICM preflop work I've recently done. And also, um, drilling the common spot over and over again. Like I need to, I need to uh, learn how to defend my big blind better against various opens. And also, I, I, I get, I sit down and get to work because there, there's no substitute. Like my opponents put in the work, so I need to put in the work. So, right, makes sense. Like, a lot of sense. I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, and it's uh, it's great that there's there's a there's there's the tools that are available now to to people if they want to want to get in. And I think that point too, where you say people, why do you give it up? Why are you giving this information? Or some of the pro say, but most people won't do the work. Most people won't know how to apply it. Most people won't, and you know they they can get it. And the people that do are going to find a way. So you know if you're able to provide a simple, you can, you, you can get the information. It just takes you a supercomputer. It takes you expensive software. And it takes your hours of using the software. Or alternatively, you can just buy it off me. I mean, I don't you know what I'm saying. I think there was a market there. Like, I, I think, I think as poker players get smarter and understand that um, poker works the way I describe, and it really doesn't work like the uh, the you watch one video, you learn it all kind of thing. Um, there's a there's a big future there for us, and uh, I'm already seeing that. Like our num our numbers are consistently improving, and our feedback's been great for both pre and post job. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I love it. Uh, give me, give me, give me your, if you're able to give this again, my dad's got some banger questions. He wants to know, I don't know if you yeah. can answer this. Who are the top three to five poker players in the world now? Do most poker top poker players work equally hard at their games or do some stand out that you are aware of? And maybe you don't want to say this cause you compete with them. You don't want to give a uh, credit or, or let give them uh, you know, anything, but is there any, is there any names that you can say, or even over the course of poker history that you believe at different time periods, we're just so ahead. Like give me some names if you can, or you can't, is this not one you want to do? Cause the best, the best three, the best three players yeah, I don't know. Players in the world, put yourself included. I, I don't want to include myself. I don't want to do that. It's, it's like one of those where you don't know what work anyone does. So who are you to judge? Right. True. 
for all for all I know, the work that I do, someone else could have already been on this for years, right? Like I know, I mean, I can see some people play, and I can see they don't, right? But there is an offsort chance that the guy who I was referring to, who calls sevens in that spot, has a super new advanced model that's better than ICM. And his call was actually super awesome and he's going to win all the money. Now, I don't think this is true. I think given what I talked about with how we work in poker, it's more likely the guy just made a mistake. But yeah, like the information isn't out there. Right. That question, I don't expect you to answer. And I I don't even, it probably doesn't make sense to for a bunch of private stuff. It's just, yeah. I don't know. like, you know, maybe it's just like some guy who I don't know, who's like running all these sims, who's, who's shaking his fist right now, being like, damn you, GTO, why are you selling this? Now, I was just ready to mess, mess everyone up. But the beautiful thing about poker is you don't need to be the best in the world. You just need to be better than your opponent. And the better you are, the more money you win. Those are the two things. Be better than your opponent. And then the next day, be better than yourself. For sure. What do you think about HUDs uh, in general? Party Poker got rid of them. I'm not sure if 888 you can use or not, or some other spots. Do you use a HUD when you are allowed to? What, do, you, do you think it's beneficial or not? Mm, HUDs are incredibly overrated, very poorly used. Uh, I don't use one. Interesting. Okay. Uh, favorite- I mean, I'm clearly in the minority here. And they, I'm not saying they can't be useful. The, the, I want to say one, they can be useful, but only useful for uh, spots that happen very, very often. And don't look at them when you have a tiny sample. For sure. What do you think is the biggest common mistake in turn- multi-table tournaments right now? Population tendency mistakes. Uh, we'll do some rapid fires too. because disre- Disregarding ICM, uh, calling in spots you shouldn't be calling, um, overplaying pocket pairs in ICM. For sure. Uh, favorite poker players like growing up on TV characters, forget ability, like just that you you grew up, you saw, you Dan know. Dan Who's that? Dan Harrington. Dan Harrington. Okay. Um, what keeps you drive me better considering all the success you have had today what's your motivation uh i like playing poker i love the game i love figuring new things out every time i find something in dto or in other tools i want to learn it i want to try it i want to play against people i want to see if they can find the response to my strategy i that makes just sense. Wanna, I just, I just like the game. Like, beautiful game. What else is there to say? It's, it's a beautiful game. Dominic, why did you move to Scotland? Why Edinburgh? How there? Out of also, like, also like one more thing. I, I make more money doing this than I do anything else. So, <laughs> what, what, what else is this good? I don't understand. For sure, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, how did? How? Why Scotland? Why Edinburgh? Uh, I, I lived in London for a while. Uh, and then uh, my good friend Ma- Manic uh, moved out and then I was looking for a new place to live. So I, li- I moved here and uh, now it's been, it's been a very nice ride. Like it here is a good place, but with some of the UK gambling regulations that uh, some of the British player, uh, your British audience is familiar with, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Okay. And best three poker. Give me, give me your order. I mean, you, you represent 888. Give me a little bit of yeah. volume. What other sites do you like to, to play on besides 888? Do you, do you, do you feel like what, what sort of the order? The, 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 obvious, the, the obvious, it depends. What do you play? Okay. I don't want to answer this on grounds of like, I, what if I, if I say to you, play 888, like, from, coming from me, that make, means nothing, right? Yeah. If you play, should you, you should play every site. You shouldn't just look at the biggest site, you know? Right. Right. If you don't like the software of a site, guess what? Tough luck. Play it anyway. You know, and this is this is one of the things that like people get very wrong. 
they just cry and moan about software or something they don't like. They just want everything to be like stars. And that's why the games are as good as they are. Right. Actually. On 888. Or like if you, you know, I can say I'm a shit, but I would also say the same about Unibet or something or like Sky Poker or Groven. If, if you only play on poker stars, you will play against mostly people like you who only play on poker stars because of the software. If you play on 888, you will play against the people who uh, play a bit of poker for fun and mostly Dijon in the casino. If if you want to, you know, if you like the poker stars software and you enjoy the game more on poker stars, play on poker stars. If you want to like take money off the biggest fish, you play on 888 and all the other sides. Again, it's again the question of what you want, you know? Very cool. And how, and Marcus and you have been friends or you said you were, tra- you were doing coaching with him and, and what was your relationship yeah. before this? Uh, actually, Marcus and I have been friends for a while. And at one point he approached me and asked, Tom, do you want to stake me for the party poker uh, millions leaderboard thingy? And I said, let's do it. I know he's a work animal. I knew those games wouldn't be very hard. And uh, then we, we get to work on that. He did really well. Very, very, very yeah, cool. So like yeah. I was taking him for those who made a bunch of money, and now he just plays like semi recreation. I don't know. He doesn't. He's not a full time grinder anymore. But he made good money off this. He played a bunch of uh, big life stuff with his party dollars. It's an overall success. It was a fun promo. He did. He did well. I did well of it. And then afterwards, we built TTO. Very, very cool. Let's take a few more here, and then we're going to get to this giveaway, man. Time flies when we're we are learning. We're having fun. A lot of good feedback here, guys. Appreciate you you being in. We've dodged the fire alarms at least as of now, other than the quick warning, which uh, we may get hit. We were we t- went through his career. I'm going to take a quick scan through here before we take a few more questions. But pretty pretty elaborate. Uh, you can see the amount of effort and, and travel and grinding stops. And where would you put yourself over? Let's take from 2010 till now uh, in terms of amount of. Uh, tournaments that you've played and and grinding like are you would you put yourself in the top tier here i mean look at a lot of different flags a lot of different yeah uh um, uh, like life poker right now quote unquote doesn't exist for europeans um i don't i don't know how much i would play when it all opens back up um it it is strange because due to all the work i've done i kind of feel like that i should be playing a lot when it comes back I should be hitting the tables very hard because of all the work I've done. I, it's like one of these, I feel on top of my game kind of things um, where I haven't felt that far ahead of people in many, many years. Right? I always felt like I was far ahead of people, but now I feel like I've made like a massive jump. Right? It's like what I said, like I already knew I was ahead of people who work with bad stuff. But now I'm like even further ahead because I developed even better stuff, right? And to like the, the vast majority of people is not going to buy all the stuff I said anyway. So I feel like right now when, when it opens back up, I will probably be trying to hit live poker very hard. Um, Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I've, also, I've also played like online. I play like every every uh, 200 euro tournament plus that runs on all sites. Um, that includes 888 now also, thankfully, you know, like, at right. least I can show my own site, but it's it's stuff like this where I, I play those like really soft, like 500 buy-in tournaments and I see all these blunders. And one thing I want to say is like what, when you see your opponent blunder and they make like mistakes, that's when it starts to feel really good. Like when you can quantifiably point out a hand 
like again, I keep going back to the sevens at a final table, but it's such a good example. I can like take my finger and say like, I, I see this hand. It's a terrible call. I know why it's a terrible call. I want to I want to play against those people right. because that's where the money comes from, right? You under, when you understand where when you understand what your opponents don't understand, you will make a killing. And the the be, again, sliding scale. The more you know, uh, the more you will win, kind of thing. So I I, I actually can't wait to fully hit the live streets again and Alice. Um, maybe not so much focus on like the super, super, super high rollers, but uh, I'll, I'll really like look to make a killing in like 5Ks and stuff when that returns because I think those will get overran by some of the extremely weak players like we saw in Florida. So I think going forward, uh, I'll be hitting those extremely hard. Awesome. And I got how did you learn actually to play poker? Who gets credit? Was there a friend? Did you see on TV? What made you first deposit the 50 or whatever and, and just go to the moon? What, who was the guy? Or I, I still don't know how to play poker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, no, uh, okay. Um, PokerStrategy.com gets the initial credit. Um, then for me, uh, switching to tournaments, Harrington on Hold'em gets the credit. Uh, then for me, going through a period of being a mediocre regular, coaching videos get the credit for that. Mm, the credit for pulling me out of being a mediocre re regular goes to a simple post flop, which was the first GTO solver I used. Uh, it also kind of, you know, get a lot of credit goes to Marty Mathis who introduced me to that. Um, yeah, like the first GTO solver kind of changed the way I view poker. Um, then I obviously have to give a shout out to uh, the people who built my supercomputer. <laughs> and then so all of it all went from there. So like there were like different like things at different aspects of career. So like then like shout out to all the people who developed this, the crazy the, the crazy software I work with uh, that makes all of this happen. Uh, very, very, very cool. So yeah, progression of there's been multiple stages and times and, yeah. and kind of just a, a, a nice journey there. Um, all right, let's do a couple more, man. I, again, I appreciate the time. This has been a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot. I'm getting inspired. It's funny. Like I just, yeah, I want to, I just, I, I, I can't imagine how many people actually like, sit at home and they just want to get good. They don't really, it's not about being lazy. They just don't know really where to go, how to start. It's, 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 it's a question of the right material, Jeff. You know, it's, you can put in the hours and hours and do the wrong thing, or you could put in an hour and do the right thing. You know, I'll, I'll bet on the guy who did the right thing. For sure. And and what would be, what, what is like, a, what's like the minimum? Let's just say right now you're at home, you're watching, take myself. And I'm like, you know what? This is cool. I, I see the product. There's updates. It's fun. I want to get going. Like, what's the minimum amount of time you think is viable or makes sense to, to work on? I mean, because it could take, what, a few minutes only to go through a spot or a situation like, what, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day? What's, like, the minimum to make a, a dent into your as, as much as you have. But, like, this is, like, one thing in poker that we all struggle with, and that's um, discipline. You can watch a video and put it on before you fall asleep and turn your brain off you fall asleep. That counts as studying in our industry, right? It's, it's like, it's one of those again, where what's the minimum? I, I, I don't, um, right. Do you want to know, like, you want to know what puts you ahead of the competition? 10 minutes a day. If you do 10 minutes of DTO a day, you'll be ahead of your competition. Like you just do one spot, you do that for 10 minutes a day. And it's, you just, you do button against big blind. You do that for 10 minutes a day and you do that for a month you'll be miles ahead of your competition because your competition has done zero minutes for infinite days. Maybe they watched a training video on it, right? But like the problem with videos, again, is you get sidetracked, yada, yada, yada. And people always look for like quick solutions, you know? If like, it, it depends on what you want. If you want to, it's a gradual process. You, if you, will you be better if you put in 30 minutes a day? Yes. 
Would it be better if you put in an hour a day? Yes. Is someone actually putting in an hour a day? No, right? Would I put in an hour a day of intense DTO study if I didn't have a business to run, if uh, the games weren't so good, if I didn't have other obligations? And I w if I wanted to be the best, yes, that's what I would do. If I want to be the best, I know exactly which steps I would take to become the best. But my interests have sort of shifted in that way. So I don't think there's like much value in being the best. Um, there's more value in building a sustainable business. Um, I enjoy other things more. So like, if, if you're just looking for a quick fire way, I think you're, you've come to the wrong spot. And poker isn't like that. Like you, it's, it's a gradual process, like 10 minutes. If that's all you have a day and you do that every day, thankfully that's enough these days. Yes, absolutely. But if you, if you want to be better, you do 20 minutes a day or you do 30 minutes a day. The, the key is again, that you don't fall off. You do this every day. Right. Also the you quality, play. you know what you're doing. They're doing the right stuff. You're not just like yeah. mindlessly watching. You're doing your emails while you got a video on the side yeah. talking about some yeah. shit that you're like, whatever. So yeah, the, the, the what directed content. Yeah. Um, I, like, I gotta, don't don't do it before you fall asleep. Like if you watch a coaching video and the video is 40 minutes long, you shouldn't be done with it in 40 minutes. You, you pause that video, you take notes you know, you do it when you're like at your peak and like you have peak mental like state of mind. You just had your coffee or whatever. You don't do it in bed as you're falling asleep and count that as studying, right? Like, okay, sometimes I play GTO before I fall asleep as well. Okay, fine. Like, uh, I'll also admit that like playing GTO while I drink beer and uh, talk to people isn't the best way to use it. But again, for, what did I say earlier, right? It's, it's about your competition. If your competition does nothing, you can get away with this. It's fine. But if your competition drills six hours a day of DTO and like runs all these sims, then you won't get away with this, right? right. But poker is still like pretty much in its infancy when it comes to being a competitive sport. For sure. All right. This is the closest we'll get to a controversial situation. I got, I got a question. Luckily, I get to see it. I don't have to ask it. Why are you joking or sarcastic about RYE and Ben CB? Are you and Ben CB rivals, friends, competitors, all of the above? What's what's going on here? Because I didn't even I really. Thought was, I thought this one would fade the podcast. I saw that. No, I needed a little bit. I see you got your Red Bull or something there. That I'm ready to go. That's a Red Bull. I don't drink Red Bull. It's a all sparkling right. water. Okay. Right. Well, you got uh, something. You're drinking something. Give me some. Uh, give me some. Again, again, again. Again, if I was drinking Red Bull, that would not be Ben CB approved. It wouldn't be Dom approved either. Red Bull is terrible. But yeah, I don't drink that either. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like coffee though. But uh, the, the, the thing with Ben and how this all started, right? So it's a pretty boring answer, but I actually have nothing against the guy. And I think the content is good beginner's content. What, what like bothered me was when someone asked him if he liked DTO. And he gave this answer, basically like putting us down, uh, saying like, oh, you don't need GTO to play uh, tournaments. It's all a bunch of nonsense. I can teach you much better. And he said that you couldn't learn from this. Like he basically he, he said word for word, it's a game and you can't learn from this. Now, to me, that seems a bit, uh, first of all, it seems wrong because what do you mean you can't learn from this? If you play button against big blind and you play 10 hands and you get immediate feedback on those two hands, whether you played well or not, how is that not useful to anyone, right? So I think Ben is smart enough to know this. So when he, when he made this comment, I thought this was like a personal attack against our product, right? Because no, no, someone as good at poker as Ben is not going to, 
disregard that information. Like, be like, obviously there's something useful in it, you know. We can argue how useful it is. But if you say that you cannot learn from playing against the GTO robot telling you what you're doing wrong, you're, like, I don't believe that he doesn't understand that. So when, when, when you've established this point, you, you, go, you go ask yourself, why is he making this comment? So I, I basically took that to mean that um, maybe he has a problem with DTO or he doesn't want people like spamming DTO in his Discord or whatever. So I kind of like, you know, let it slide for a bit and I didn't think much of it, whatever, I had things to do. And I, I asked him about this and he said like, this is my honest opinion. Like, okay, fine. You know, it's your honest opinion. Uh, I asked him on Skype and yeah. So then basically like, a couple of weeks went by and eventually I discovered that they are like working on their own trainer app. And suddenly it kind of made sense to me why he would have made this comment, you know? And then like their own trainer app has like these, uh, he calls them explanations. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so like basically what happened is like they, he, he put our product down in front of his audience and like try to like say like, you can't learn from this. But it felt to me like he had an ulterior motive there, which was not teaching his people poker. It was like, oh, we have another product. It's almost like DTO, but it's different. And because it's different, it's better. All right. Well, fair enough. That's I, all. That's all. I, that, yeah. that's all. I, I just want to get yeah. your side. That's, all the, that's, that's how the feud started, kind of. And anything that happened since has been... Uh, I didn't even realize it was really a feud. But, you know, again, I got a lot of love I, for Ben. That's, that's my I, man. I, I said, Jeff, there's like one more thing, though, that I want to point out while I'm here. And yeah. that's like, you know, I, I fired a shot, like kind of like mocking his product. And they retaliated by like posting a hand I played against Ben CB and they titled it, was this DTO or GTO? And it was actually a really good play by me, which was hundred percent solver approved. And this is where this gets funny. Okay. So like they had like this play, like they had like an Instagram post to mock me. And then like someone on their Instagram said, what the fuck are you talking about? I ran that hand, don't play it well. And then like 10 minutes later, they deleted the post. Interesting. Uh, so the plot thickens. So, I so, 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 like, so I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but like once they do this, uh, in, in, in my opinion, like I can fire as many shots as them as they want. Well, listen, I, I, know, I know you guys are connected. You all have social media teams. You're very connected. This sounds like uh, you might need a, a Poker Go Europe studio for a, for a heads up battle. I, I actually, I, I, I did. Like Ben was looking for people to play him heads up, and I actually said that I would play him, but like he just blocked me and stuff. So. Shit. Well, listen, I, Dom, I like you a lot. I don't know you as well, Ben. I got a lot of love for, and um, you know, I'm not. I just, you know, just kind of clear. All, 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 I'm, all, all I'm saying, I have no problem with him, but all, I, all I'm saying is that uh, when you're looking at why he's made those comments and like all these things, it's pretty clear to me that he, instead of working with us, like we could have worked with Race Edge. I have no problem with that. I like everyone. You know, I give like three months to everyone, and we can work on this together. But when he attacks my product and then puts out a competitor product, which is apparently better. I mean, let's, let's face it. No serious professional uses. This. Anyway. Um, then like, I feel like he comes, he came from a, he came at me from a place that wasn't a hundred percent genuine. Like if he genuinely feels like these trainers don't work or you can't learn from this, but he's, he's wrong. And uh, I, I know he isn't, he's a smart guy. So like there's clearly, brilliant. 
Ben's the man. Yeah. I, got, I got nothing but love for both of you, and I'm, well, I'm a neutral party. I'm just you know. You're, you're, okay, but but then 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 you'll agree with me that when you play ten hands to get ten hands against the GTO robot, and the GTO robot tells you whether you suck or you played great, that's objectively good information. Like, how can you not learn from this? Like, you can't deny the fact that you're learning from this. Listen, I'll ah. I'll, just, I'll I'll say I'll I'm no, going to segue into a new question and say that better, I. Better that way. Yeah, I love uh, I love to learn. I got a lot to learn. I love to. I would love to dive deeper into DTO and get it get to work with you uh, specifically, or someone from DTO, maybe Marcus or someone there. I, I do work with Ben, and I do work in general, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing we can all agree on. We can all get better. We can all use tools. All this information's good. What's better or worse? Other than going to, we need might need to take it to a heads up domain, but we'll move on. New and, and always better, Jeff. What's new that? is always better. If someone comes out with a new software. A new solver, you get that new solver. If, if someone comes out with uh, stuff that's more advanced than HRC, you don't go buying HRC outputs. If you want to be the best, you, you, you have the best information. You, you, you don't become the best by relying on outdated information. I think right. this, is, this is very, very straightforward. You well, need, I, as a poker player, you need information, and then you need to absorb that information. But if the information you take in isn't good, all that absorbing doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, it sounds like DTO I know made major updates, raise your edge, other courses, you know, there, there's a dozen now that are, that are yeah. people using, they're making updates genuinely, or uh, I, what seems like they're trying to do it, you know, often and people, yeah. the game changes. Like, I think my favorite tweet of all time was that Sam Grafton, you know, about poker, 2013, yes. 14, 15, 17 crypto, whatever, doing that. Like, it, it's true. The game changes like five, but what, what, it's just funny. Like it's, I was saying to Ben, I think on my podcast, actually, if you actually wait, you might even catch another cycle. Like you might just by accident come in again at the right time and be playing how you used to play. And it's sort of more close to what people are doing now. Cause uh, the game definitely shifts a lot and, and the style shift and there's new styles. The shift, I agree with, but I'll make a prediction for how it's going to shift, and it's not going to—it's not going to be anything like I haven't. I, I haven't. Like I mean, I, I'm obviously a firm believer in that. Uh, just min raising before the flop is pretty pretty huge uh, fuck up. You're limiting yourself to a basic strategy when you could be doing better. Um, again, that is going to come with a lot of work. Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to come with a lot of work, and I don't—I don't see us going back. Like the, the the going back part is gone, and that's because of the new tools. What 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 do you think about the Adamo school? Like he's a he's a guy that's fun to watch. He's got great results. What arguably one of the best in the world right now. Does some really big sizings and different Adamo. types of things. And and what's what's your thoughts on his game? Great player, fantastic guy. Uh, when we played live poker, I would sometimes swap with him. Uh, that ace nine against ace jack and he played was a blunder though. Uh, he should not have gone for maximum value of his ace nine uh i'm talking about the party 100k final table i watched the other day uh i think he's fantastic i think he's definitely one of the best if i was naming one of top three mtt guys uh he would be up there i have no bad word to say about him other than that he messed up the ace nine against ace jack which again in note if i ask him about this he would no doubt agree that the ace nine against ace jack wasn't his finest moment but hey even someone as good as adamo makes mistakes and um he ended up winning that tournament right yeah 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 so, he played a, he played a great ft though and like when i watch him play like when i watch all these fts with cards up he is not one that i tend to uh, want to call out for making poor icm plays he's good 
Yeah, I mean, it's he's definitely impressive. I uh, would love to have him on the podcast, and I think he's he's just one of those guys that uh, he just seems like hard to root against. Seems everything I hear is nice and positive, and he works hard yeah. and great player. Oh, so. yeah. Um, oh yeah, he works hard. Yeah. Very, 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 very nice to see his rise and and, and success. Uh, how, how valuable is the cards up stuff? And do you like like party poker, these streams, some of the other ones? Now they're doing it, not just final table. I think it's fascinating to see early stages of high rollers, and you know, because the game's so different. What do you think about cards up play? And then you said you watch those, so do you think that's very valuable to get insight on players' games currently? The, the early stage stuff I skip because it's like it's all sort of mapped out. Uh, no one has developed like a, a different chip EV strategy yet. Everyone plays sort of the same, so boring and like no, no, no waste of time. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, before the, maybe two tables left or at different stages, yeah. not like hand once, once ICM kicks in. So like final table, final table mostly is where it's really interesting because I always say like you make the most money at final tables. So yeah, you if you. Let's put it that way, right? If you have access to a bunch of simulations and you can rather quickly check where some of your opponents go wrong, that is pretty useful information to have. It's, right. The reason it's useful is not because you're going to exploit them next time necessarily. It's useful because that way you understand why you're winning or if you should be winning, right? So like... It's like the you know like there's like the old saying of like oh if you can't spot the sucker in the first thirty minutes you are the sucker yeah right? so like if, if you're on the final table with like the six guys that I mentioned or like that we mentioned earlier I probably couldn't spot who the sucker was right away but now if I have like all that ICM information just let me, let me let me watch a couple hands like let me watch a couple hands and I can immediately pinpoint like everyone just making ICM blunders left and right now. Yeah, that's just um, so just yeah, it's basically basically what I'm saying is like you just like the more you understand and yeah right makes 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 an absolute makes an absolute kind of sense. It's a, I just real quick want to give a quick shill too because you did mention about coffee. I I've started drinking this. You might have seen this around. It's it's kind of intense, but uh, it's sort of uh, sure. not like a Red Bull, but it's uh, Jonathan Little has been using it. Phil Helmy's actually one who put me onto it. Uh, maybe Are you part trying of to see my coffee? That's not gonna. That's not gonna. Yeah, I agree. I'm a coffee guy too. I love it. And this, it's a little bit strong, but anyway, you might, you might. Uh, yeah. You still could have a little both or just like, it's very strong. So, so yeah, coffee, you don't want to cut out. I can't do that either. I wouldn't, I just love it. Um, all right, let's take a few more Dom. If you got to quit me, quit me. Cause I, I feel like, you know, so I, it's hard to get your time. I know you've been busy and you've been in the lab working on this new version of, uh, of DTO. Um, which is, which is very cool to see that come to fruition. Let's take a, a few, few more, and then we'll give the the giveaway. Uh, what is your favorite non-premium holding? Like, you know, you know, like obviously you know your ranges to a dot. But if you're in a if you're in a tournament early stages, maybe even you deviate from what the book says. You just by the way, by the way, I actually don't. I don't know my ranges to the dot. I know percentages, and I know how to fill a range. I don't right. know if king five or king six suited as the bottom, and I don't care very much. But I know like roughly how. Yeah, right. you know, I don't know if like King Five or King. Anyway, pe people like this is one people get wrong, right? People think this is all about like knowing exactly the range, but no. Again, a misconception I want to clear up here is frequencies are more important than actual hands. No, sorry, what was the question? Uh, what's your fun hand? What's like a one that you know fun may hand. not be right? Like take out, forget King Five or King Six. What about like a Jack Four suited or one that you just like like or mess in or you're just like you know what if the table is playable, yeah. you're gonna go for it. You just love seeing. My, my, my favorite hand uh, to do all kinds of crazy shit is ace-deuce suited. 
And that's funny because everyone always, everyone is for some reason obsessed with Ace Five suited with their charts. But actually, Ace Two suited is exactly as good. And it it's kind of makes for like fun jokes on the stream where you can just say things like always three bet Ace Two's or something. And it's like Ace Two's. Um, that one doesn't really work from the big blind though because it's too good. So like from the big blind, it's like Ace Six off suit or something. I like Ace Two's. It's uh, another like. Okay, I was thinking more. Yeah. Like, a little, uh, don't get too crazy. Ace two suited, man. That's a, that's a premium. But fair but enough. Like Ace two suited is like one of those that's just playable in every situation, so you don't have to fold it. Right. That's uh-huh. that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I want a fun hand that's not shit. I don't want a fun hand that I have to fold. Right. That's not good. Like I don't, I don't want to have to justify myself for not folding. I, like I want one that I can say like I was calling or three betting, but I three bet. So now I three bet. So Ace two is Ace two is just a fun hand. For sure. Okay, that, that's fair enough. We got a question from Sylvina Beatriz Ramirez, who has won a, a big giveaway on here. The crypto, I think she got a hundred, and she actually she's asking about crypto. She won a hundred in BTC last week from me. How do you invest? Uh, do you invest, or do you plan to invest in cryptocurrencies? Thoughts on all this in the NFT space? This is a rabbit hole. Just give me like a real quick. Do you like it? Do you not? Don't, what do you don't, think don't take investment advice from me. Uh, from me, also own some Bitcoin. Okay, and what about NFTs? Uh, do you think this Top Shot or rare, so rare you may have heard of over there? Do you believe in any of this? Didn't even look into it. I was too uh, busy playing tournaments and building DTO. I like. I don't concern myself with things I'm not good at. Fair enough. That seems. Like we, had a, smart. we had a pro- we had a product launch. You know. Yeah, you got to focus. I like that. That's part of the, the 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 success is being dialed in and focused. How long will it take to achieve good results? That's kind of ambiguous. We talk about you got to put the work in. Uh, I like the question though. We'll just move on on that one. How did you come up with the limping and three X strategy? This is juicy. How did how did this come about? Supercomputer. Supercomputer. Okay. Supercomputer. Uh, yeah, like okay. max it all out, give it a bunch of options, do some things, what? do some rerunning. Uh, okay. Yeah. What's your biggest <laughs> online, biggest online cash? We saw your four million live and a bunch of other big results. What about online? Uh, well, it, I'm just gonna say like oh, I won 188k and a 25k. But the, the problem with those scores is that obviously I didn't have 100% of myself, so I don't think that should technically count, right? Okay. I mean, I don't know. So okay. like my, my, big, my biggest score would probably be uh, I won the Party Poker big game when it was a 5K for 200. That's probably my biggest. Okay. Um, I like Also, like I have like some scores where I just turned 300. I won the 888 million storm where I had a, there was a $300 buy-in and it was a million guaranteed, and I won it for 120. Like those scores always feel a lot nicer, right? When it's like stuff where I can afford to put up the buy-in myself without any swaps or anything. Because like in 5Ks, I even have swaps. Right. Makes sense. So like, biggest actual uh, Messi- score must be that one. Messi or Ronaldo, do you have a preference and do you have a favorite football team? I used to be a huge Werder Bremen fan, but uh, I was also a big Ronaldo fan back then. Fair enough. Okay. Uh all right, let's last question here. Billy Bones Poker asks Dominic, what do you think is the main danger, main danger for online poker bots, etc.? What's like the most dangerous thing about online? Bots and real-time assistance. Bots and RTA. Okay. It's so hard to it's so hard to find these people, man. Like they are getting so much better. And I know sites are doing their best, but like it's hard. Like this is it's still good right now. You know, I don't want anyone to look at this podcast and be like, Dom says there's all bots and stuff, but people I mean, there's like certain sites have done away with like hand histories and stuff and like don't show locations. And that makes it easier for the like the bot operators. We shouldn't be making it easier. We should be making it harder. Like we discover bot ring after bot ring, whether that's stars, 888, ACR, you keep hearing about the bots. You, you don't solve that problem by making it harder to find the bots. We need 
players to help in the locating of bots. We, we need to do this together. And this goes back to the GG thing we talked about earlier. We need to hold operators accountable for what they do. So like when they release a statement of like 80 players banned, you're not supposed to say, oh my God, great job. You're supposed to critically question this. Why has no one been banned since they banned the 80 players? Do you think the cheating has miraculously stopped now? No, obviously not. Come on, don't be silly. So the poker public is like too gillable. They, They eat stuff up, you feed them. You give them a training video, they eat that up as truth. You give them, you tell them like you ban people for cheating. They eat that up as truth, right? I I, I like what Party Poker did with releasing the banned accounts. I, I don't like, I like what ACR did with releasing the banned accounts. <clears throat> I don't like what Party Poker did with removing the hand histories. I think it's bad. I don't like what they did with removing locations. I think that's bad. And all those things, you know, I like that GG did something to protect their games, although I know it's bullshit. I know this isn't how this works. And you know, I think it, it is a threat, but also it's one of those where we as players must understand that the site's incentives isn't perfectly aligned with ours. A site just wants the site to run and rake, 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 right? Makes, 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 so makes. Like, so like policing the games is harder, right? And in chess, you know, the spirit of the game is much more important than poker, you know? In poker, like, how on earth do you know that the guy you're playing against next to you isn't running Piosolver next to on the computer, you don't on no site in the world is that protected. We're trying to do that. And I, you know, 888, I know some stuff. And also, anyway, point is that there isn't perfect security. And we will never have perfect security because, well, because we don't want the game to be invasive. In chess, the way people ensure there's no cheating, they have a camera here, you have a camera there, a camera there, and they film all your surroundings. You're not allowed to wear headphones because no one will be giving you the perfect moves, etc. So, yeah, the, the poker landscape and cheating, I'm kind of uh, very, very um, pessimistic about. And I think we, we, we need to like, hold the operators accountable. We need the hand histories. Because in the history, all the, the bots got caught by hand histories and stuff. And right. player locations, I don't know why on earth that went away. That went over my head. But it's not good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and let's see. Let's end up. We, we're going to do the, the giveaway here what is uh what what tournament or triton i want to ask you about triton have you played in those do you plan on playing some of those coming up in those series triton? Are, yeah. coming up what did i miss is triton coming up again no, i'm saying when they come up i think they'll be one of the first to to be back would be my guess for a few reasons but more so because also the field size right it's not they're not so crazy they're not major guarantees and people have means to get there the ones that are playing generally but i'm just saying like when that does emerge is that is that a series you're interested in have you played i'll be honest i, I haven't really like the way you put it, that doesn't make sense to me. I haven't really given too much thought as to like, what am I going to play next? Because nothing's been on, right? Like, I don't worry about that stuff. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be the first ones on or not. I, I haven't heard of anything. I'm probably not, I'm not going to play any live poker until I have my vaccine. Uh, that much is 100% for sure. I don't miss it that much. I don't rely on my, I don't rely on live poker as my single source of income. Uh, I don't need the money. Yeah, when I have the vaccine, I, I mean, see how it goes. You, know, I'll be, it, you make a good point that it's a smaller field and that should be logistically easier to pull off. But like even then, you're still like in a room with like 60 people or something, you know? It's like still a big operation. And it's to me, it's kind of scary. Like, I'd also say one more thing about like the, the, the poker that's happening right now. 
I look, I look at some of those hands I see in like those Vegas tournaments being played. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I want to play this. But I look at like the plastic glass and I look at the masks and I, and I compare it to my life at home. And then I ask myself, do I really want it that bad? Like, is the extra EV I would make in these tournaments without a doubt? I, I don't know. Like, I, I just want my vaccine. And then like, when I have the vaccine, I'm ready to, ready to go. I'm not, before I get it, I won't do anything. I have other things to do that keep me busy. Sounds, like, it sounds like the poker community wants you, the, the, the players, they want you at home and sticking to your online, the live guys. Like you, you sound like you are, uh, you're ready to, to pounce. You know, you, you're, you're fresh. You've been doing a ton of stuff. You've been working hard. And, you know, I, I guess you guys heard it here first. When Dom comes yeah. out on the live streets, be ready, right? You're, you're going to be at a final table and people should be afraid, very afraid. That's what it sounds like. And, and I mean, yeah, I can't I mean, argue, you know. How can you? Yeah, argue? I mean, I, I have a really good um, study routine going down that I never thought I would have at this point. Not much better than I ever thought I would be at any point. So it would seem foolish of me not to like give it a spin when it returns. Because well, basically, what you said about Florida again is going to hold true, right? There's going to be a big boom once it all opens up because everyone's ready to go, right? There will be people in there who have no idea what they're doing. They will all want to gamble. And it's going to be great. They will all they will all have kitted themselves into thinking they lose online, and they will be like, "Now live poker is back. I'm a good live player," you know. Like there will be tons of those guys. There will be tons of money to be made. Um, and it's you gotta hit of, that. I know, I'm actually wondering though too if like if uh, there's guys like you. Well, you're on a different level, of course, with what you're doing. The computers you're using, you know, almost no one has that. Although there's access with DTO, I'm wondering how much people in poker. I think fundamentally, like you said, it's different than chess or tennis or uh, sports or the highest level where guys are not genuinely like, like the drop off between the the highest the high rollers and some of the actual best, and then like in the middle, there's a lot of room, right? If you want to move from the bottom or middle to the top, you have the opportunity because of the, yeah. the work but i just i wonder if like some of these wpts and in the wsop big field events i wonder how much tougher they actually will get like maybe with the opportunity of people being at home and there's a lot of information a lot of courses i wonder how much better people have, are going to get it's interesting and maybe it doesn't matter because uh, there's new people coming in too um i don't think they it's a, it's a problem again jeff like doing work is uncomfortable this isn't this is poker like at the end of the day you can set your own schedule Right? You don't have a coach that wakes you up at six in the morning and tells you to review your button big blind notes. You have to do it yourself. And why would you do it yourself? You have no motivation to do it yourself. Like doing the work isn't fun. People who, who play poker for a living, they're not attracted to that lifestyle. Right. 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 Like you don't, you don't need to do that. People like they, they just want to watch videos, man. They will go out there and just be like, yeah, I watched a month of run at once. Now I'm going to crush everyone. Arrgh. Right. right. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's a fun. This is how they, this is how they prep, right? This, a, a bad player prepares by watching training videos. And then he will go out in the real world and get absolutely decimated. Or not, right? Or he runs well, wins a flip or two or 10 and runs. Yeah, and yeah that's too. Too. like the, the luck is even worse because that, that way you can like hit yourself even more, right? It works both ways. That guy doesn't win. You know, the first thing he says when he gets back home, to his wife, he's just going to be like, ah, oh, I got very unlucky today. I need to watch more training videos. And maybe stop to think for a moment that, like, there's a reason you're not winning right now and it isn't luck. But people are so easy. Like, blaming luck is so easy. Right. Oh, I watch more training videos. It's easy. Well, I don't watch, I don't run Solver. That shit is for nerds. I don't need this. Like, GTO doesn't work. Well, you know, don't be surprised if you're not getting good results. 
Right. Makes perfect sense. All right. Well, listen, man, this has been, this has been an absolute treat. I've learned a lot. I get inspired and, and I hopefully, you know, you don't, uh, if you ever have a study group or you're doing some stuff or, you know, I can get more involved with DTL. Like I said, I'm a, you know, I'm a raise your edge sort of, uh, born and bred and, and use that. And I think it's great for me. I, Jeff, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, Jeff, honestly, uh, is, is Ben going to be okay with you also promoting DTO, man? You got to ask him. You know, I don't I'm, mind. Listen, I'll just say this again. I know you guys had a little tiff here, but Ben's the man. Ben, uh, there's no problem. I'm not, a, I'm not a sign. I'm signed by Party Poker. I'm not signed by uh, any any course. And honestly, I need all the help I can get. That is, you've heard it here first. I don't even want to ask Dom what he thinks of my game. I'm sure he's happy to see me at the tables in the in the in the past. And you know, maybe you can bring me into the to the club and and be less happy and and you know, share some. You, you, you did have me. You did. Have, sorry to interrupt, but you did have me fish tagged for a while on party poker. Fish tagged. Yes, because I was doing the limping nonsense against you, and then eventually you found out it was me. Ah, uh, possibly, but then again, I, mean, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember this. I have no idea. The, the first of all, the fish tag, usually the green, the, the fun player does. That means like, yeah, it's like it sees like I see something that is uh, that is abnormal so or whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It could be. I know, I know. You know that. You're, you're far from the only person to have me fish tagged for limping. Fair enough. You're well, from the only one. Thanks. Well, listen, I don't, I'm not going to ask you what my tag is on your screen. So, uh, well, it, and it's all good. regular. It is regular. 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 Yeah. There's, uh, there's regular and there's elite regular and there's whale and you didn't earn the whale. Okay. The, the whale is really hard to earn, honestly. Um, Fair enough. So let me ask you this: Can I can can I put you on the spot? Do you believe, based on what you know of my game, my ability, am I the perfect mold for a DTO, someone who could capitalize that? That I know how to play. I know terminology. I know what's going on. I, I'm will, willing to do work, and I have some resources to to fire. Could DTO bring me to a uh, world class level? Do you believe we could get? Would that be a fun project to help me succeed? If I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy to give credit to DTO. And again, I'm not a sponsor. I'm open, man. Hey, by the way, any coaches out there, any programs you guys want to, you know, throw resources in your top programs? I'm happy to learn DTO. I'm going to give it a crack. I want to do it. Is that is that? Can we do that? Can we bring I, me to the top? I, I, I don't want to step on Ben's toes again. This is just awkward. But uh, uh, yes, I, I, gen I genuinely believe DTO is great for. But like it, it, again, it's like the, the different products we have, right? If you have a good understanding and like you're sort of, okay, you grind and you play low stakes, you're obviously past that. So like for you, what I would recommend is we would tackle final tables first. So I like the first thing I took you up with is DTO pre-ICM. I wouldn't hook you up with the uh, basic DTO pre-flop, you know, because like what we do there is like we teach a basic strategy. But yeah, like the ICM stuff is fundamentally important. And then obviously... Uh, the super high roller would be something like you definitely can learn from. Yeah. Right. But right. like those two other things, like once you're like at like hundred, like you're obviously a good player. So you need to learn with better material. I don't know how much more you can get out of a, a race your edge video. Like, I don't know how much more you can get out there, but like if I give you DTO pre ICM and you can look at it, this is all brand new for you, right? This is not stuff you've seen before. So obviously right. you will take it more. It's like if like someone with a supercomputer from the future showed me shit, I would also be like, "Ooh, this is cool. This is cool. Now I'm learning more." But right, yeah. No, listen, I'm uh, I am I'm whatever. My point is, uh, I, I guess you know, I don't even understand. It, it is what it is. All my point is, I'm I'm I want to learn. I want to I want to also give people the the right information. What is the best and what are the options? And also, honestly, I honestly, like I said to you before the stream too, I'm in a unique, I'm in a weird position where I've sort of over the last three to five years, I've shifted from 
playing more to like more content. Okay. But I also want to be able to give the best up-to-date information to those who want to learn. But with that being said, you know, I also feel like it's part of my responsibility to, to, to people that are looking at my information that I give them options. Like I want to, you know, understand, all right, Hey, upswing does this and what I like about it, what I don't raise your edge. I love this about it, but Hey, this isn't, you know, this is going to help you, but this won't, or, you know, there's other courses, poker code, like, it does a yeah, lot of great stuff probably like I want to be able to say my dream world would be I use all the information or do like a you know hours yeah. of each and I can say hey like this is what I like the best or this is what I like here and what I don't like here and what I and then and then also if I come and someone comes like hey my, to my dad dad you probably don't want to use DTL because it's going to blow your mind and not what you need maybe you want to do a program or learn this way or one of my friends or like some you know what I'm saying like there's there's different things I could recommend and genuinely not just be like shilling like oh this didn't get an affiliate code but like this is what I recommend for you and why and then I can actually say I've used it like it's hard for me yeah. to say please raise your edge versus DTO because I haven't really yeah. dove into DTO or poker code. Yeah. And, and uh, that that's also kind of a fun project. If I yeah. do the yeah. program, I'm going to learn a lot and then I'm going to be able to, to give my, my actual opinion on it. And that's something I would like to do. Of, of course. So like, it's, it's fair to say you just need one, right? You don't need upswing and raise your edge and yeah. you definitely don't need poker code as well. Right. That's just right. Or pads, right. Pads as well. Pads as a course run one. There's all this different stuff, man. There's different things. And I'm sure a lot of it's great. And some is going to be better than yeah. others. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, that, that is what it is. All right, let's do this giveaway, man. We're com- we crossed three hours. You're in the three hour club, Dom, in a natural three, Crazy. a natural three. So like, uh, I feel like, we I, feel like, I, feel like I feel like some, feel like some of your other guests, uh, I don't know, is three hours a good length for you. It's long. It's long. I've done maybe four, maybe four, four, three or four out of 130 that are that most yeah. of them are probably two hours. But um, yeah, this yeah. is uh, definitely a treat. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. I learned a lot. I hope you guys did. You still have time to get in. I'm about to roll a giveaway right now. You tell me when. I'm going to choose a winner for this $55 ticket. Do you have to choose best question or how does this work? No, it's random. This is a this is random. random. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I like how we are not rewarding quality. Very good. Yes. Just total randomness. Just like poker. Just luck. Got to have luck. Right? <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Choose a winner. You tell me when. A stop? What is it? Yeah. All right. Stop. Choose winner. There we go. We're running it. The winner of the $55 ticket is this man right here, Adrian seven with a lot of numbers and he's got a lot of opportunity with this ticket. So we're going to give him, he's got the dogs in there. He's going to get the $55 ticket and Dom three hours in the books. I appreciate it. Please give him a follow you guys on his, uh, he's got Twitter. They got the DTL poker, Twitter. There's a DTL poker.com. I'm going to get pick Dom's brain, get some information, hopefully get you guys a code. And there is a sale next week. Or if, if, you, if, if, we're, if we're shilling our uh, our stuff, then please, by all means, shill our Instagram. We we, we want to build up a bigger following on Instagram because um, like Twitter sort of grew pretty well but with the way we ran it. But like, please follow our uh, Instagram because we do post daily hand histories, and there, there's so much strategy on there that's actually going to blow your mind. And also, please, please follow our YouTube because we just need a bigger YouTube channel. Like those okay, are like well, the areas we like to grow. Um, so yeah, if you only use one, use uh, Instagram or YouTube. All right, there's YouTube and uh, oh, D- Team DTO welcomes. Look at my man Flix in the mix. So I got to get. Oh, and look at this. The guy is a spray. Yeah, you got Fenton. You got some yeah, strong guys in there as well. Like yeah, the thing we we think we do is like we really. I mean, you can see here um, Bowie effect, Andrew Wilson. Like so, like, really, what we it's it, like we, this isn't just marketing. Like we really just provide like Fenton and. Uh, Flicks with like all these solutions and they're they're all guys like look even like Flicks is a raise your edge guy i don't mind saying this right but these are all guys that are very willing to learn you know fintons with bbz and 
Bowie effect happens to be with no one. He's just a solo nerd who likes us. But uh, the thing of all three of those guys is that they they understand the learning process. It isn't it isn't like boom, you're a good player. It's a step by step process, and they they're all humble people who understand that getting good at poker takes work, and you can learn from the solutions. And that's really important for anyone who uh, we choose to work with because that's our message. You know, we don't provide instant solutions. We're all we're all about like getting better every day. Like our app gets better every day and we get better as poker players every day. Right. And I just hope to make some money to like uh, feed all of us and uh, some spending money. I love it, man. That's all really, right. that's really what we do. Um, I appreciate it. Seriously, man. Thank you. I, I got a lot of respect for you and respect for your game. And, uh, you know, I hope you and Ben hug it out and play heads up and then we all move on and, and, and crush, crush and enjoy I, and learn and grow. So, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I think in, in, in poker, like a, a lot of, People are always like so so much like, oh, he's a great player and this is a great product and I really like this guy. Like, why is no one calling anyone out anymore? Like when they, you know, do do nonsense kind of thing. Like I think, I think like especially in our industry, we have a, we have a lot of things that just need to get called out. And whether it's like sometimes like an operator does something bad, we as players should call it out, right? And when a poker coach does something bad should be fair game to call them out. Now, I, I don't really care very much for... Uh, I, I'm not in poker to make the most friends. Like, I'm happy with the friends I have. And I'm, I have people who respect me and I like that. And I, I, I like... I believe in, like, being polite and, like, helping everyone who wants to be helped. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't see this as competition where it's, like, it has to be, like, you buy this course or you buy DTO. I don't mind. Like, what I, what I do with DTO is I put the best information out there um, I don't really judge success by the number of customers. I, a lot of what I do, and this may sound pretty weirdly arrogant, I judge by quality of customers. So like what I mean by this is our customers are pretty much all players who, like our super high roller customers are players who win at the game. Right. Like I, I, I sell to people I play against in the super high rollers. I don't disclose their names unless they want to come forward and say I'm a DTO sub because I respect their privacy. I wouldn't do it. Um, like I can totally understand why like someone who I play with in hundred K wouldn't want their name associated with DTO, but you know, it gives away what they're doing. I understand fair game. Um, but the thing, the thing uh, again, you know, I, I don't view raise your edges competition because they cater to the recreational market. And if, if he or if they choose a strategy that chooses to promote uh, GTO as the enemy, I mean, I'm not really interested in like another friendship. So like, I'm interested in providing the best product. I'm interested in generating sales. I'm interested in whenever someone comes into our Discord and asks a strategy question, I'll give them a valid answer. And I'm not interested in giving people like a nonsense answer, right? Like I'm not interested in like claiming that I know better than GTO. I have no interest in that, right? So. Yeah, I mean, this has served me well. I, I mean, as for a friendship with Ben, I don't know. I have, I have nothing against the guy. He did what he did. I understand why he did it. Um, for the same reason, I fired some shots and uh, it had the effect I wanted it to have. Like, I, I don't have a personal issue with him. I was just basically thinking, okay, if they are not above that, I am not above firing shots at training sites to grow our business. Like, our business survives of people who laugh at training courses. Like super high roller exists at a hundred dollars because it caters to people who destroy online games. 
Those guys don't buy video courses. DTO Preflop ICM, same thing, caters to the same kind of guys. It caters to people who buy that stuff who will be like, huh, only $700 and I can learn how to play my next final table better. I'll have that back in no time. Right. So to me, it's, to me, it was like, I, I, I mean, as much as I enjoyed needling him as payback, I also saw the, the business upside, which was to get the DTO name out there as what we stand for, right? We don't stand for like uh, made up solutions and like easy shortcuts. No, we stand for hard work and we stand for top quality solutions. If we push out a SIM that's broken, I will hear of that in no time because our I can't get a SIM, I can't get bad results past our community because they will throw it right back in my face and make fun of me. It happens. No, we laugh a lot. You got checks and balances. That's beautiful. And that that's yeah. Those are, those happen to be my customers, right? And that it. is in a training course. This isn't the case. Like there's no, no checks and balances. None. Like I can push out a video and I talk a bunch of nonsense. Who's gonna fact check? Like half of the training videos don't even have correct preflop ranges. Right. Right. Well, yeah. they got you know it's probably better than than nothing. But yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. tricky if, uh, yeah. if if stuff's not up to speed and and and, yeah. and right. But listen, Don, you're the man. I appreciate it. I got nothing but love for uh, for what you're doing and 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 congrats on all your success. And hopefully, next final table we're at, I win win a flip and maybe get a bracelet. And and at that point, I'll have the knowledge and, and extra extra tools in my my belt to uh, finish it off with the combination. If you, if you, study, if you study the uh, DTO preflop ICM, I'm about to give you. I think. Uh, Winning a flip is not going to be the likely outcome for you. I think I think you're going to go down a different path, and it might involve uh, being all in with a suited ace for a lot of big blinds. So maybe yeah. you win that hand. We'll see about that. that. That's uh, that's music to my ears. I love it. I love it. I want to. I, I, it's 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 exciting times, Dom. It's an exciting time to be alive. Uh, I, I continue to stay safe. I hope to see you on a, a stop soon. Appreciate it. And again, we'll, uh, we'll 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 get the link. I'll have some info for DTO again. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm all about promoting and, and letting people have options. So I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not signed or tied to anything, but of course, party poker I am, but um, uh, for, in terms of, of coaching and information, it's a, it's a free world, free country, free universe, all the best. Um, thank you for the time. And I'll check in with you soon and uh, we'll, we'll, awesome. we'll uh, keep it going. Thanks for that three hours. I'll you up with the stuff uh, post session. So you can have a look if you want, and then you get yes. back to good stuff. I, I, yeah. I would love it, man. All right, guys. Thanks. That's Dominic Nietzsche. Over 18 million in lifetime earnings. Four World Series bracelets. LAPT title. WPT title. A lot of accolades. Check them out. Search his henna mob. Check out DTO. Thank you for his time. And again, we do have two more podcasts this week. We got Miss Jen Shahade, a chess expert, doing a lesson with her and a podcast. So doubleheader. And then a charity event. I got three things. Yeah. She's a DTO fan. She's a DTO fan. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll mention it. We'll mention that as well. And Friday, or I'm sorry, Thursday, I got Anna Rudolph, chess wizard, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. That'll be a lot of fun. Talk with her. So kind of chess week. This is wizard week, I guess. We got Jen. Good stuff. Good we, got, stuff. we got Dom and, and Anna. So thanks again, Dom. And we'll see you soon. And uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you for the time. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Look forward to catching up. Bye-bye. Awesome, guys. All right. That was Dom. We're going to go ahead and throw the raid to Matt Staples, and I will see you guys uh, for tomorrow. We'll have a full day. We got we got lesson, podcast with Jen, and then a charity event for the Ronald McDonald House. So I'll be on all day tomorrow. Please tune in and uh, say what's up to Matt right now. And a lot of good streamers on uh, during right, during during uh, the day today. So give them a, a shout as well. And Ludwig, the man who's on the podcast recently, 45,000 viewers right now. He is live for, I believe, a week. He's been sleeping on stream. I don't know if you've heard of that, Dom, but Ludwig, uh, he is he is live and still going. He's like sleeping in bed. and um, he's That's amazing. He was playing poker the other day, I think. 
Yeah, he likes poker as well. So he was on here recently. We had a good time, and he's a he's a very interesting guy. So, all right, cheers. I'm gonna throw the raid, and uh, Dom, we'll catch up in a little bit. Thanks again. All right, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.